Welcome to the Projector Planet Podcast, your curated guide to the energy of the week through the lens of astrology and human design. Join fellow projectors and planetary translators, Katrina and Liz, as we dive deep into the charts to help you understand how the cosmic forecast will affect you. This will allow you less resistance and more flow. Whether you're brand new to planetary transits, a seasoned astrologer, or simply curious about the basics of human design, especially as it relates to projectors, the Projector Planet Podcast is your portal to enlightenment. We invite all like-hearted souls to join us on this adventure in self-discovery. Subscribe now to the Projector Planet Podcast and let us be your guides to a universe of understanding your unique astrological gifts and stepping into your true power according to your design. Welcome to the Projector Planet Podcast. My name is Liz and I'm here with one of my favorite projectors on the planet, Katrina. And we are doing a foundational astrology episode today. And so we are going to be talking about um, some foundational astrology and how um, it affects all of us so that you'll know kind of what we're talking about and referring to um, and the language that we're using when we're doing uh, later episodes of the podcast. So Katrina, why don't you get us started? Yeah, there's no way we're obviously going to be able to teach them like obvious all astrology, you know, in this little time. But I did want to make sure that they know enough to be able to follow along each week, like you said, as we release the weather that's being written in the stars. Um, and so I wanted to start just by breaking down the signs by archetype, and then we'll move on to like the planets and houses and aspects. Let's yeah, I think it's good to note. You know, astrology has been used for thousands of years. Um, it's one of the early ways that people told time. In fact, there's um, you know monuments all over the world that still are were built around the equinoxes and were built around solstices and to have certain aspects mm-hmm. to to be able to tell um, the time. So it's in a very very old. Um, and well-utilized, well-studied, worldwide, um, sci- I guess, I don't, I don't want to call it a science necessarily because it's archetypes of energy is really what it is. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's correct. I know that there... It's they're... really math. <laughs> it is math, yes. <laughs> um, they're the first birth charts that we know of were actually chiseled on stone tablets. Like, that's how old it is. Wow. And so, um, if you look, and what I love about it is no matter how far back I go in my life, even though I wasn't practicing astrology at the time, I can find every event that I've ever been through. Yes. Um, as long as I know the, the time frame that I went through that thing. That's right. Um, and so it really helps me um, with my faith and with, you know, pressing on when things are, are kind of tough. Um, I do tend to follow the traditional whole sign astrology, but I'm not opposed to discussing the more modern concepts. And uh, I do laugh because we were just talking about, like, tribalism mm-hmm. earlier today. Um, and even something as which, not just what type of astrology, whether you're talking Western or Vedic or Sig right. or whatever, but the house system. Yes. You know, can be very tribal. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm not opposed to anything. I just happen to like what I like best. And but it can be very tribal, even among astrologers. I, <laughs> which house system For my use. own, I, I agree that, and when we're talking about house systems, and we'll get into this a little bit um, later, so some astrologers believe in starting the first house on your ascendant, which is called Placidus. 
mm -hmm. astrology. Um, and so, whereas whole sign astrology begins at the degree zero of the sign, the sign right, that, you're that your ascendant is mm -hmm. in. So that's the real difference. And, and I would say whole sign and placidus are the two most common as far as Western astrology goes. Um, yeah, a lot of people in my groups they use equal houses too. I don't I don't personally know okay. much about that, but typically the two that you will see at war are the placidus and the whole yeah. sign for sure. And both have been around for a long time and, and both, both are have valid. Their, yes. Yes. Both have their uses. It's just like looking out of the same you know, looking out of your house through different windows. Absolutely. Of. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so with all that being said, we can kind of start with Aries, and Aries is uh, ruled by Mars and represented by the Ram. And you can just think about Mars being the god of war, you know, in Roman mythology, that's, yes. that's very Aries, right? So when I think of Aries, I'm thinking of rushing in head first, I'm thinking of impulsivity. Uh, Aries is here to pioneer something, right? But yes. it's the baby. to get stuff started. Yes. And you're the baby of the zodiac, and and you and you're an Aries rising as well as the yes. Sun and Venus and Mars and all that. So, um, you have very familiar very, and very prominent. Familiar. I look like prominent an Aries. Aries. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but so Aries just rams right on through because it's just trying to pioneer something, right? Yes. It, it's it's the first sign that we're alive, like the self awareness yes. stage, right? It's like, like coming out of the collective soup that is Pisces into new birth of individualism. Absolutely. And yeah, we definitely love to be first. Um and as an Aries, triple Aries, double quadruple Aries myself, <laughs> I um you, you know, it's funny because my family teases me. They'll be like, oh, there goes, there's Liz up front leading everybody. I'm always the one that's like walks. They're like, why do you walk so fast? I'm like, I just like to be in the front. I like to see what's going on. I like to know, you know, be able to be out in front. I just do <laughs> naturally. That's just, it's just part of my, my makeup. It's not something you even think about. No. It's just so natural. Yeah. yeah. That ascendant with all of the area. I mean, it's yeah. just so natural for you to take charge yes it know? is and even in you know situations where um you know it needs to be called on to have a leader I'm like I feel a pressure like go raise your hand <laughs> volunteer you know even yeah. though sometimes my you know my projector dumb wants me to just relax and rest and not view that as an invitation yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah I know right <laughs> I think there's something when we get into the human design design it'll be interesting when we talk about yeah. that as well um, but Aries is a fire sign. It's cardinal in nature, and the cardinal signs are known as the leaders right. and the trendsetters, right, which we were just talking about. So They begin the, each season. Yeah, absolutely. It, so. They do. Yep. And so Aries begins spring where everything is kind of exciting and new again. Like you said, you're coming out of that collective soup into yes. this, oh, I exist as an individual type of energy, right? Um and especially because it's after usually the Capricorn, which is another cardinal sign that starts winter, right? And so winter mm -hmm. is what? Melancholic. Yes. You know, they call it seasonal depression and sadness <laughs> yeah. is heightened, you know? Yes. So, so Aries is very much, oh my gosh, first sign of spring after a long, hard winter, you know? Yeah. So that's the kind of energy that, you know, you can associate Aries with. Um, they're not just hot-headed and impatient. They, you, you can be in, in a shadow side, I guess, but... I, I don't like it, and I, I'm guilty of this because of previous Aries in my life, <laughs> um, having to work on that because Aries energy, we need it. Like, we oh, absolutely. We need it. Somebody's got to start something around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Correct. And so 
Um, but y'all, they're hot headed. They're impatient. And yes, on the shadow side, if they're not self aware, they can be. But look how you have so much Aries, and you're super self aware, and we get along great. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yes. um, so there's something to be. So they can be. But really, as you evolve, it's more about learning where you're no longer willing to take no for an answer. Yes. Um, it, it really it helps you become assertive and confident, right? And setting boundaries. Um, you're not afraid to take risk. No. Which so many people are. Aries is not afraid to take risk. Um, and they'll just keep trying until something sticks. Like, I always, that didn't work? Okay, let me try the next yeah. one. <laughs> I always like to look at, you know, in terms of the element too, you know, Aries being a fire sign. It's like, what does fire do? Um, it can, you know, it can keep you warm. Like, I can be like a, you know, a wonderfully warm person. Um, it can, you know, it'll scald you <laughs> it can uh you know it keep you warm no <laughs> but you know it can be fast it can smolder it can you know all of the ways that the element expresses also aries people that archetype expresses as well and that's true for all the signs and their elements oh but. absolutely absolutely it definitely matters um not just the fire sign matters and also that it's cardinal Mm-hmm. And the two together, I mean, combust. I mean, combustion does happen sometimes with Aries. But you, it's like you said, Aries is that initial start, right? And when we'll talk, when we talk about Taurus, um, we'll talk more about what comes next. But Aries is only meant to give us that initial spark. Like, yeah. let's get this going. That's what Aries' job is, and they're very good at it. And so sometimes Aries people might find that they struggle to finish things. <laughs> and I, I struggle with that myself. Um, but just like she was saying in the reading today, like, it still will kind of, if I don't see it through, I still will think about mm-hmm. all the things that I start um, and don't finish. So that's just maybe my... Mercury too, but <laughs> anyway, all these dreamy plans yeah. and then not the energy. Too. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I feel that. Um, but really, you know, you're gonna find out where you're more Aries based on what house it is in your chart, which we'll talk about houses. But like for you, it's the first house, so it's just like people know, like yes. you're an Aries. For example, me, where it's the ninth house, I'm that I that warrior like energy for me shows up where religion and spirituality and higher purpose and mm-hmm. all of those things are concerned which makes sense if you know my life since I've gone from you know a salad bar Christian to a fundamentalist Christian to right. an atheist to now I have you know and so you can see that stopping yes. and starting it with me and religion and belief systems and Aries is my ninth house and my midheaven yes and I've been very public whenever I have switched to what I believe yeah. which makes sense right so again just that's how you know like where you're showing up so is it your seventh house is it your eleventh house because that's where you're showing up that way and then also we want you want to look when you're thinking of you know Aries is is where is it being ruled from too that's you got look at you know the planet its planetary ruler which would be Mars and where is Mars in your chart and so where and what aspects is Mars making to other planets in the chart can tell you a lot too yes you know um, Mars if Mars is your chart ruler and let's say it's in cancer it's in fall mm. you may not operate the same as somebody like you whose Mars is in the sign it rules right right so it, it, it's going to, you know, just same with my Leo rising with the sun, right? Like it's in the seventh house. So therefore I don't want to be the center of attention. I would rather help you become the center of attention. 
Um, so again, it's going to depend on, you're right, that ruler and the aspects it's making. So if you don't resonate with your rising sign, um, I always tell people, look at the ruler. Look at what aspects it's making because that's how you're perceiving hmm. yourself. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. Um, for sure. And so Aries is basically, to me, the first sign that, hey, we're alive. It's can we the, talk about rising and what that means? Or do you, are you going to address that? Yeah, we can oh. talk about that. Okay. Um, so basically, um, you explain it really good about what okay. it actually means if you want to take yeah. that angle. Um, so when you're born, so say we're talking about Aries. So when, you're say, when you say I'm an Aries, you say that means really you're saying that the sun was in Aries when you were born. But that just means that the sun was rising in Aries when you were born. So the sun makes all its, you know, obviously it goes all through the zodiac every day because it's, you know. Um, and so although the sun was rising in Aries, if you were born at a different part of the day, you would likely have a different rising sign because it would be where the sun was on the eastern horizon at the time you were born is your rising sign. And it changes like it every does two change. and a half hours. Yes. That's and why so, the time of birth is so, so important. So yes, time of birth is very important to get an accurate because that really just sets your house structure up because it determines your rising um, sign determines your first house. Uh, and so... Yeah, so wherever, so if you were born in the morning, uh, then you would be, like I was, I was born at 7.06 um, during the time that the sun was in Aries, but I was also in Aries rising because I was during the sun up time of Aries. Um, but had I been born, you know, later in the day, I would have been something different rising side and my yeah. whole house would have been, you know, houses would have been different. Yeah. I know somebody who's an Aries, um, sun and Venus and stuff just like you, but that person was born in the evening and they're a Libra rising. So oh, Aries is yeah. actually so their seventh house. So yeah. flip flop. Right? Yeah. So they're still, they still have all that Aries energy. It's just in a different house. So it's going to play out differently for yeah. them. It's going to be more in their relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Whereas the rising is more like just who you are, no matter mm -hmm. who you're around. It's kind of how you, I would say the rising, people say it's the mask you wear. I don't find it to be that. I feel like the rising is what we kind of evolve into as we age is, is mm -hmm. how I view it. I know that's been true for me anyway. Um, but the rising can tell you a lot about your body and your appearance. It can tell you a lot about how you naturally react and respond to the environment mm -hmm. around you. Um, as an Aries rising, for example, your natural reaction and response is to take charge, mm -hmm. right? No matter what's going on around you, you are just like, I'm going to take charge of this. Exactly. It's like, and yeah. Yeah. So, so it can tell you a lot about that. Is That's how I like to view it. I don't, I don't think it's a mask or like where... I always heard it as like, it, it was like the lenses that you saw everything through. Yeah. Like, that makes more sense. Yeah. Like you're... It's not like something you're trying to hide from. It's just the your your perspective that you have on yes. you put your, that perspective kind of toward all of the other archetypes. Yes, absolutely. So, and again, um, just pay attention, like we said, where the ruler. Right. You mm -hmm. know, if you're Aries, what we're talking about, that's going to be Mars. What mm -hmm. sign is Mars in? What house is he in? What aspects is he making to your moon, maybe, or your sun, or is he is he making an aspect? Which we'll talk about how to right. know. The aspects, you know, when we get to the end of this, but those things are really important to help you kind of understand the lens you're viewing the world through. And then once you understand it, you can kind of evolve it from there because you're paying attention to it and you're giving it, you know, there's intention being put into it. Yes. But prior to really putting in that effort, you're just kind of not understanding you even have this perception and you're right. just walking through the world with it, you yeah. know, oblivious. 
And so. just to also point out that just because you you might identify, like say, oh, my son's in Aries, or oh, this is here, or this is there, we are, we have the whole chart, in a, you know what I mean? We have all of, you know, when we were born, all of the neutrino and all of the energy streams were streaming through all of the planets at a certain point. And so just because you have like an empty house or something like that doesn't mean that you don't have something there or don't have that archetype. You Everybody oh, has all. Oh, we talk about that all day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> some, some of the newer people I, I find when they come to astrology, they're like, you know, what does it mean when I have an empty house? And I, I get triggered a little bit when people post this meme that says, oh, you don't have much to learn in that area of life. BS, right? Because I have an empty 11th house, but the ruler of that 11th house is in my 7th house, or sextile my MC and conjunct my son, which rules my whole chart. Right. So that house is not unimportant, right? No. So, so she's absolutely right. Never buy into that, oh, if it's an empty house, you don't have any work to do. No. That is just untrue. We all have lots of work to do. There's <laughs> always going to be work to do. <laughs> so again, even if it's an empty, say your Aries house is empty. Mine is, except for my midheaven, mm. right? But let's say I'm so shocked full. I need like extra space. <laughs> you have tons of areas, <laughs> yes. Um, I do not. But that's good because while when we're friends, um, and it's opposite my third house, so when you and I communicate, you teach me and transfer some of that Aries energy to me, which I need because I don't have yeah a lot of Aries. I don't have you know I'm a fire rising, but I don't even have a lot of Leo. I have Jupiter retrograde. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I have Neptune and Sagittarius. So in my chart, lacks a lot of fire and especially water. Mm. So fire and water, friends, I need. I <laughs> um, and then our communication third house, it, it it helps me grow in that area, you know. So and that's a, that's a whole other conversation. We're talking about synastry, yeah. <laughs> right? But well, we're gonna go into what the planets also mean and what the houses mean. Yes, right? okay. yes, we are. Yes. Okay. And so basically, to wrap this up, Aries is the first sign, like I said, that we're alive. It's sort of this ethereal spark, right? That shows us the material world is ours for the taking. Mm. That's kind of how I view Aries. Like, this world is mine for the taking. Right. Right? Yeah, it's just Um, uninhibited. It's like baby light my fire. Potentiality, kind of. (laughs) Yeah. It's really, it's beautiful. I love it very much. Um, You have taught me to love Aries energy more, but I worked on it before we started doing this, but you definitely have. Aries energy can be a little triggering. Um, to people. I needed it, though, in my life. Again, because mm-hmm. his Aries fell right there at my midheaven. Um, mm-hmm. And it was definitely meant to expand me, and it did. So yeah. I've learned to be grateful for You're it. talking about sinistry, where yeah. you put somebody else's natal chart kind of next to yours and see where their planets affect yours. And yep. it's a very enlightening thing. If you haven't done it with your partner, um, definitely recommend it. Even your children. Yeah. Uh, children friendships. Workers. I've yep. done mine and Liz's. Yeah, you know? definitely. So, like, all of that. It really helps you get to know not just where the strengths and stuff are in the connection that you're looking up, but also um, where the pitfalls may be. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So um, if you know somebody's Mercury placement, for instance, then you know certain things they say are not personal to That's you. Right. It's just how they communicate. And so these types of things really help relationships when you start learning them. I, I love looking at this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do. Um, now, Taurus, of course, is the next sign, and it's represented by the bull. A very, very stubborn. One of the, probably, I would say, the most stubborn signs mm-hmm. is Taurus. Fixed. It's what's called fixed yes. energy. So it's between cardinal energy, gets things started, and then mutable energy is at the last, which kind of shifts into the next. And so fixed is stuck in the middle. And so that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got that staying power that's yes. needed, right? Because Aries is this initial spark. Yes. And then and it dies out. So, so here Aries, comes Taurus with this, like, 
I mean, Tauruses can endure. Yes. Aries, like, sets off to, like, find the new land. Taurus is the one, like, down, like, building the homes and yeah. put, plowing the fields, <laughs> like, getting things, like, prepared. Like, yeah. we have to, like, my husband is a Taurus, Taurus, Taurus. Oh, he's Taurus, right? <laughs> yeah, his so, Taurus. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and so I know Tauruses very well, and I love, oh, mm. I love a Taurus, just a Venus ruled person. Um, but the, he is, he is Mr. Prep guy. Like he loves to just be prepared. Like that is his motto. He just loves it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, she is ruled by Venus and she often speaks to our material earthly pleasures, our resources, what we're willing to dedicate ourselves to. Um, you know, it's a lot slower than Aries, right? Because by the time we get to Taurus, we're sort of realizing that we need to kind of slow down the pace. You know, that we can't keep up with this constant go, go, go. But if we do, you know, less, longer, we're still making yeah. progress. It's not about let's get it right now, right? It's a little bit, it's, even though it's not ruled by Saturn, I would say there's almost a little bit of a willingness um, for the delayed gratification mm. that Saturn speaks to that it's we'll a very, talk about. It's a very sensitive sign, yeah. too. So it can be like it wants to, you know, do all of this good work. Um, but it, you know, wants other people to appreciate it obviously as well. And, and if it doesn't get that, it can be, you know, indulgent. Yes. <laughs> oh, it loves indulgence yes. too. Like, um, lo like do not get between a Taurus and their food. Like, yeah. yikes. <laughs> yeah. It is a fixed earth sign. So anything it's, it's very fixed related to our earthly pleasures like right. food. Like it can be very stubborn around that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so Aries is here, they initiate, and then Taurus dedicates, right? Like, yeah. they basically take Aries' idea and say, okay, how can we, you know... That's exactly how Isaac and I operate. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> much so. Um, and so basically, they work hard, but I also like that in Taurus, they haven't lost this ability to play and yeah. to indulge and to be youthful. While it can be a little excessive, sometimes it's not like a Jupiter ruled sign where right. the excess is too much usually. So <coughs> Satch Moon. <Yeah. laughs> um, and when it comes to like love and money and things that Venus represents, of course they can be incredibly dedicated mm -hmm. dedicated and driven. Um, like I like when you and I had the conversation you're like, Yeah, Isaac is so into me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, Tauruses, if you if a Taurus loves you, oh boy, do they love you. They yeah. just love, 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 love. And mm -hmm. they just, and they do love, love. They love to be, you know, they're romantic. They're very sensual people. They, you know, love touch a lot. They're very, um, Isaac is just the most romantic. He just buy, oh, they'll buy you the gifts all the dang time. Even like the people I know in my life who are like even just Taurus Risings, like my grandma, I'm pretty sure she's a Taurus rising because she, oh no, she's got a Taurus moon. I don't know, but she loves to just get, you know, give you gifts all the time. Like Tauruses are like your, your old grandma who just wants to, you know, bestow all these Slip things. Yeah. Give you a little $5 <laughs> handshakes and give you some, you know, some pasta. <laughs> so yeah, they're very much about, you know, work hard, play hard. Yeah. It's both, you know, yeah. they know they have to work hard, but if they're going to work hard, they're going to play hard. Good. Do you know? <laughs> um, so they're not all pleasure and luxury though, right? It reminds us, um, but it does remind us that those things are okay to experience, right? So it's about working hard to build something solid and stable in Taurus and then taking the time to also actually enjoy it. Um, and I will say that if you have a lot of Taurus, you're probably really slow to anger. But once it does, once you do, kind of look, look out. out. It's a blow in the shot. Oh, they yeah. can, 
bless their hearts, they can <laughs> be kind of bull in the china shop-ish, even without the anger. Um, they can be like, just like you would think a bull would be just kind of like charge at something. Mm -hmm. um, that's, my husband has gotten a little too like heavy handed with things and has broken things and you know what I mean? They yeah. literally can be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they tend to be like more like kind of short on the shorter side, like stout people. Mm -hmm. um, they're, yeah, like everything about them is like very earthy. Very, very earthy. Very. Think of the five senses, too, when I think of Taurus. Like, they just yes. like taste and textures and mm -hmm. sounds and touch and music. Music yeah, and art. And yeah, so. Anything that Venus would love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, so same thing that we said with Aries, right? When Where you can learn more about where you show up like this is where is it in your chart? Which, right. are, again, we're going to try to bring this whole picture together today. But um, what house is it for you? Where is Venus in your chart? Is she in a sign she does well in? Is she a sign she doesn't do well in? Is she, um, you know, like just as an example, I have a Capricorn Venus in the sixth house. Right mm -hmm. away, you know, I have some karmic hard relationships in yeah. my life, right? Um, that I feel like a slave in most of them. But what's beautiful about that is Venus is trying my Saturn, who has conjunct my moon in my second house of self-worth, where self-worth is found. And so, and Saturn rules my house of relationships. So Saturn's gift to me over time, as I've learned to emotional intelligence, Saturn conjunct my moon, uh -huh. and learned that it's okay to value myself as worthy, yes. um, and shift how I viewed relationships. I mean, again, what is Venus? So yes, that Venus placement is difficult, but because of that aspect, you know what I mean? Yes. Over time, it became something I understood and was able to use to change my life. So, you know, if Saturn's making a conjunction to something or, um, you know, or Venus, excuse me, is conjunct, like I know somebody who has Venus conjunct Saturn and Aries, mm. that's a hard placement, especially yeah. if it rules your chart, you know? Mm. Um, so again, be only because Venus is in, you know, detriment in Aries. So, yeah. so again, it I doesn't... Aries Venus. Yeah, I know. And it, <laughs> it, but it doesn't, it's, as you know, it's not, it detriment doesn't mean like, oh my gosh, you're doomed. Or, right. Um, it that should just, be noted too that not everything. I mean, like nothing is like a bad placement. Like, no, you don't have any like bad. There's no. It's just there. Are there going to be tougher parts of your life? Yeah, you and everybody else. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so We're all, it's yeah. just going to be in different parts of their life. So you know, it is what it is. No, absolutely, absolutely. And so looking at, um, you know, like I could be like, you know, especially because my son rules my chart and it's in detriment. And I could be like, oh my gosh, I'm dude. It's not, you know. It, all that tells you is that the way I was going to learn more about who I was was through learning about relationships and relationship dynamics, which I've done. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't, it's not bad. I mean, right. you are going to experience, like she said, some hardships, but so everybody has something they don't like in their chart. Nobody has a perfect chart that makes their life, you know, just free yeah. of all of the stuff we all, all the rest of us experience, you right. know? Um, so here, Taurus is the dedication and the determination to the feeling of being alive. Because Aries gave us, like, oh, I'm alive. And then mm -hmm. Taurus is like, okay, well, then we need to build some safety yeah, and some security and, we and some, some food stability. Up in here. <laughs> we don't ever want to be without food, so yeah, let's plant a freaking garden. You know what I mean? Foremost. So, yes. <laughs> so that's very Taurus. And so here we are invited by, you know, the passionate, beautiful Aries to indulge in the earthly plane of Taurus is basically nice. how I view it. So Aries is this like spiritual spark of this is yours for the taking. Like yes. I said, and Taurus is okay. If that's true, let's make a plan to build the safety and security we need to enjoy it. Yes. You know, and that's very much how I see that. So, 
I love I love all you Torians out there. <laughs> I love Taurus people. Anyway. Um, and then we get to Gemini, who's represented by the twins. And so this can really speak to our duality. Um, of course, Gemini is ruled by Mercury, so it's a conversational and creative sign. Um, we'll get to the, when I get to Virgo, because it also rules Virgo, and we'll talk about that. Um, it's very different, though. It shows up very differently. So Mercury and Gemini, I would say, is very much about surface level communication, mm -hmm. um, observing to get knowledge. It's more like gathering the knowledge rather than really doing anything with it. Right. Like they're very social butterflies, you know, chit chat, chatter. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, but they are, but they do collect that information. People think they're very superficial, but they're actually really collecting and storing information. They're learning through those yeah. situations about other people. Um, and they're, st they're the first time where we start to realize there's a dual nature yes. to everything, you know? Yeah. It also like rules kind of your, um, like it's about like your communication but also your like cousins and things like that too right is it all ruled by gemini yes i believe so like cousins your... and extended yeah. family like uncles okay. and aunts and you know things like that is okay. very gemini so you know kind of like it reminds me of like growing up when we would have like christmas at my uncle's uh, you know what i yeah. mean that it was never Nobody ever talked about the stuff that was happening in front of everybody that wasn't good, right? So we would just pretend for that day that, mm. like, we're just this, yeah, you know, superficial, happy family, opening gifts. Uh, you know, that's that's very much. And then, of course... Very surface level. Very surface level, yeah. Okay. Um, and Gemini's I, an air sign, so we've, we've gone from fire to earth to air now. And air is obviously anything that's, like, communication-related and... Ideas, communication... And, yeah. Um, it is a mutable air sign, right? So it's it's about consistently being willing to shift the way it thinks and speaks. Mm. So very chatter, chatty, excuse me, and humorous. Um, and so if the cardinal signs are the initiators and the fixed signs are the doers, the mutable signs are the philosophers, Ah, right? Okay. So they start to question, okay, well, what are we initiating and doing all this for? Mm. Like, what is the purpose? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and 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 it's where we start to realize the good and the bad and the plan that Taurus made, right? Like what's working, what's not working. Mm -hmm. We start talking about that, you know. And so basically, this is the first time in the you know the continuity of the zodiac uh, that we realize we can change our minds. Ah, uh, right. Sense. We don't yeah, have, we don't to, have be to be stubborn fixed. like Taurus yes. and fix. Like we can actually change our mind yeah. a little bit. Um, and so we start to understand the importance of becoming adaptable, right? But the shadow side of that obviously becomes gossip and fitting in over real belonging. Mm. Because there's still the Torian, I would say the Torian energy of wanting to, you know, prestige and luxury and those types of things, indulgence, you yes. know. And it can be really hard to let that stuff go. And so we can work m more on trying to see where we fit in rather than looking to actually belong. Right. You know, we're still pretty young in the Zodiac. I always say Gemini is like the teenager stage. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, makes a lot of sense. You know, we got Aries as the, the infant and then Taurus is like the toddler, younger years, and then you get to Gemini and you've got a teenager. Right. You know, bratty teenager. So, um, <laughs> but basically, you know, we become adaptable. Gemini is about gathering information for later processing. And so it has a need for stimulation constantly. Um, it sounds like a teenager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it wants to exchange ideas. And so this is where we learn like about multitasking and how to handle a ton of stuff all at once. The problem with this is it can also be where we take on too much responsibility and then we become scattered and procrastinate. Mm. 
because we're so we're wanting so much stimulation you know what I mean yeah. we're taking on so much so you know now once the obviously Gemini energy evolves it's obviously not so all over the place um, it's actually a powerhouse of knowledge you know okay. all that information that it's been collecting and storing is very useful Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so it can complete the work of two people on its own, probably, and not think they are, twice. They are fast. Um, my, my I think it's caffeine almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just look to where that is in your chart. Um, and this is where you probably show up most like a Gemini. Again, you're going to want to look at Mercury, the sign and how he's in, as well as is he making aspects to anything, mm -hmm. you know, um, but both Aries and Taurus are more about I. They're like I signs. Um, they're concerned, like Aries is concerned with I exist, therefore I want this. And then Taurus is like, yeah, I want this, and I also want to indulge in this and indulge in this, right? So they're very self-absorbed. Ah. Uh, whereas Gemini is gathering this new information and figuring out, oh, other people exist, we ought to try to fit in. Right. Right? So we start having this awareness of other people existing outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more on the intellectual level still at this point. We're not yet into the water signs and all of that yet. So it's more just thinking about it and ruminating on it and trying to figure that out. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's, uh, Aries and Taurus, like I said, I signs, we are concerned, uh, with our own imagination and our own resources, but then here comes Gemini. And like I said, other people have to be considered. Yeah. You know, um, and this can tell us a lot, um, about our own duality and about other people's duality. And that's why I say that information that you're gathering, even in the superficial things that you have to partake in, can be really useful. Um, again, you have duality. Everyone else has duality. You're not like some lone person in the right. world that struggles with that. Well, yeah, know? I mean, to, with, <laughs> we, talk, uh, we talk a lot about like loving all parts of you and loving the... Um, the shadows and loving if you look at half the reasons that we get activated in our lives or triggered or whatever you want to call it is because there's something that happened in our childhood that is scaring us again it's making us feel the same way and if we could just go back and just like love that little child and that's kind of what it is is it's embracing that we had to have that time and that darkness in order to grow or learn or feel the light or if you know what I mean, everything like that. I always say um, the light at the end of the tunnel is not the illusion. The tunnel is. Mm, I love that. So I don't even remember where I heard that. That's not original. I just don't remember. I just read it one time and loved it, and I'm sorry I don't remember where I saw it, but it stuck with me. Um, but, yeah, and I think Gemini were kind of still in the tunnel, but there is a light, and we don't know what we're going to use this information for. Yeah. But we're just bringing it with us through the tunnel. It's interesting that, you know, it starts, obviously, like, with um, fire, with, you know, the Big Bang, if you will, that, you know, and then goes to the earth, and then goes to the air for thinking. But really... It's all about the next one. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's about cancer. Um, represented by the crab. Uh, it's a cardinal sign, and it's ruled by the moon. And so cancer is the first sign of the zodiac where we establish that, oh, we feel things. You yes. know? Their emotions kind of matter a little bit, right? Yes, they do. Um, and so... Like the moon, our emotions can move quickly. They can die down. They can become big again. There's waves that we experience throughout the day yes. emotionally, right? Yes. 
And that's what Cancer represents. And so Aries comes in with this initial spark and passion and Taurus is ready to like put in the work and play. And then Gemini is gathering information and figuring out, okay, where do we fit in? But then Cancer steps up and go, why do you want to fit in here? How do you really feel about these people? Do you know what I mean? Like, like you guys build this whole town and all these people are assholes. You know, I always, I love, we were just talking about this earlier, but I love when I think of cancer energy. I always think of my sister and you want to, they want to say, oh, cancers are crybabies. Dude, my sister will cut you. Like, she's they not going to play wrong. with you. They are tough. She <laughs> will love you like nobody else loves you. Yeah. But if you cross her, yeah. she will cut you. They feel. Like with her words, like she, it could just be words, but you will feel it. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, they so. they're just like little pinchers. Yeah, the crab, right? Yeah. And so, you know, cancer is very much about teaching us to use our intuition, right? And to navigate life with a little bit of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very nurturing sign. Loves to create a home and family to come back to. Doesn't mind leaving home, but likes to have those oh, roots definitely. established. Yep. Um, and that's, you got a Cancer fourth house. Yes, So I, I would do. imagine you know that pretty well. I love well. my house. Your moon and Sag want yep. to travel in that ninth house, but love knowing that you have this comfort to come yep. home to. That's very Cancerian. Yeah. Um, but however, it's also, you know, where if they are caring for the wrong people, they will put up walls mm. and set up boundaries and they will become passive aggressive. You know, so where cancer is in your chart, there's a lot to learn about where are you passive aggressive, maybe. Um, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough because we have to be real honest with ourselves. But that's, you know, these first three signs got us started. But now cancer's like, wait a minute, you can't just go around suppressing how you feel. Yeah, I always you look know? at cancer kind of as like... They're like the person who wants to like do and be for everybody and take care of everybody, but then they'll like take too much on and then get like super stressed out and then like tell everybody else like why they're not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like so very crabby and moody can be very crabby and moody if they're not appreciated. Yeah, sure. Um, They definitely need that um, that validation and they need that emotional that connection with people. I think to see you know to feel seen. Um, you know, well, I mean, we you all think, want to be seen. Yeah. Well, yes. You know, and so of course, if if you were cancers, if you're doing things for other people, you want that to be recognized mm-hmm. by those people because you're doing it for them because you love them. But then that can take us on a whole other tangent of why are you doing things <laughs> just to be appreciated uh, yeah, when that's, that's not really. I mean, that is more about you than other people. Giving. So, yeah. so I mean. But yes, you're right. That's the energy of cancer. Um, we're still, remember, kind of young in the zodiac at this point. But we are yep. starting to at least recognize that facts are great, but feelings matter too. Yes. Um, feelings are everything. Yeah, they really are. It's how we should be navigating. And you have taught me so much about that. Um, it's how we should be navigating our life. Yes. You know, when I since, since learning about having my reading with you and the human design and learning what I have since we've had these conversations, I have intentionally worked on that. And it's amazing... Um, like the other day, I told you I asked the universe a question and got that instant yes in my mm-hmm. gut. And then there's been times I've noticed that I was not noticing before where it's instantly revolted. Mm. And so that's been really interesting. So definitely, yes, I would say starting feelings, to listen. Yes, and feelings are so important and getting to know your body. And we're going to get into that with some other signs. But right now, with cancer, we're just no, we're just realizing, no, we feel stuff, right? Yes. Um, I would say they're very perceptive. Um, oh yeah, very, very perceptive, psychic, psychic. Yes, yes, yes. If you have a lot of cancer placements, you definitely feel deep, and you are likely have you know 
um, visions or whatever kind of some kind of a clair, clairvoyance, clairaudience, mm-hmm. something. There. It's a very soft, feminine, reflective sign. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. Um, I, I cancer energy is great, especially mm, like, if, yeah. I mean, it's ruled by the moon. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's a very I used to maternal not, in a way, and I used to not like the moon in cancer because it's my twelfth house, right? But now that I've obviously grown and evolved, I really don't mind it so much. Yeah. Um, it uh, it obviously usually pulls deep stuff up for me, but now it's like I'm okay with that. Oh yeah, I've learned to sit with that, and and I probably needed to. The moon, the moon <laughs> you know? is definitely the biggest. I feel like has the biggest impact on our kind of day to day moods or emotions, which totally makes sense. So. Oh, um, for sure. And, and we're going to talk about that too, because every month you get like a lunar return, which can tell you a lot about your emotional waves for the coming month. And then also it's good to note that cancer also represents like our roots, like where we're from, where, and you might be talking about this next, but yeah, um, like our genealogy are also our like um, generational trauma, that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, family cycles. Um, We talked about like the Pluto and cancer generation, like dress Mm -hmm. up and look pretty and let's go to church and do you know what I mean? Very... um, it's, it's deeper than keeping up appearances, but also because it's the crab, it, it feels, but it's still new to feeling, right? So it's afraid to really yes. put those feelings out there. It's it's recognizing, okay, the feelings are there, but it's still hiding behind a shell because it's not sure what to do, you know, with those feelings mm-hmm. is, a, is a way to look at it. Um, you know, I feel like the higher lesson is that sometimes the best thing we can do is flow. Yes. Um, you know, when things are initiated, Aries, right? We've put in the work, Taurus, you know, we've gathered new information and so we've applied it. And now sometimes there's this sit and wait period, mm. which I feel like cancer can be. Um, let's well, I mean, stop they don't and even co- walk straight forward. They just are sideways, right? They just like side to side. Yeah, let's just stop and eat a good meal and spend some time with the people we love, whether they're chosen yeah. family or real family or whatever. Let's just have some patience and, and have some delayed gratification by finding some resonance in the present moment with the people mm, around that's us so you know yes. um i feel like we can get in such a hurry sometimes yes um, and so that's really important and and again they're not all moody and they're not all cry babies um they're just here to teach us that we should feel our way through things a little bit you know yes. and and to be honest um i like the fact that it's represented by the crab because what i've learned um with saturn conjunct my moon um is emotional intelligence is a lot about isolating yourself to work through it so it's interesting because there's the the term crabs in a barrel. I'm sure you've heard it. Which is where when a crab tries to get out, um, the other crabs will just pull him back down. Um, and so, with it being so related to like past trauma and generational things like that too, that couldn't be. You could there could be a propensity for that. I feel with cancers. Absolutely. Wallowing in it. Yes. Going, you know, be surrounding yourself with other people who wallow in it. I think uh, of my stepkid's mom who just passed away with yeah. cancer. And she definitely wallowed in it. Yeah. Yeah. They can be very, you know, again, moody and over-reflective. Because reflection mm-hmm. is good, but there's also analysis paralysis, right? Yeah. Which is more related to Virgo, but I would say we can talk about maybe that lines up in your chart some way with cancer at that point. But... 
you can be overly reflective, overly nostalgic, overly, you know, a lot of times we'll remember the past way fonder than it really was. Oh, absolutely. And built, it's like we've built a fantasy of what it was in our minds. And that's really what we're remembering. And we have all of these trinkets from things that we never even look at Mm -hmm. or go, you know, that are somehow there to hold on to a little piece of energy. Cancer will hold on to something with emotional sentiment forever. Oh, girl. If it's a family heirloom, especially, Quarters. I mean, can be hoarders. I would like to know how many are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. You just reminded me of that. That's very true. So it's not a fixed sign. It's, you know, but it does hold on to things. Yeah. It will hold on to things if it has emotional sentiment. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's all the past you know, trauma and wounding and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. It's, yeah, where we start feeling. Yeah. We're just starting to learn it, right? We don't even mm-hmm. understand it at this point. We're just learning that we feel it, right? And so it can be really hard to come out of it. Yeah. You know, um, work, play, learning are all important, right? But cancer teaches us that so is checking in with how we feel, mm-hmm. you know, and taking some time to rest. Um, I think one of the greatest lessons that cancers can teach us on the higher octave is that we can only nurture others as well as we're deciding to nurture ourselves. Yes. Um, That is like one of the best lessons that could be taught, period. (laughs) Well, I mean, and it goes back, I mean, self-acceptance. No matter what you believe, we just talked about this earlier, it goes back to self-acceptance and believing you're acceptable. Or no matter what you believe or who you're with, you're not going to believe they accept you fully. Right. Um, and so, yeah, and, and, and you can't find self-acceptance without self-nurturing. you got to be able to sit, like you said, with that inner child. Yes. And you have to be able to nurture those different parts of yourself and accept those different parts of yourself. And that's when you kind of create the whole, you know. Um, and so cancer is really great at that. And, again, you're going to want to look to what house it is for you. I want you to look at your moon, it what rules sign. The four, it's in the fourth house, naturally, or rules the fourth house, but... Yeah. So like mine's in the 12th house. Yours is in the fourth house because your chart is Aries rising. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. So, but yeah, just look at where your moon is, what sign and um, aspects it's making, all of that good stuff. So all the prior, or um, excuse me, all the signs Mm -hmm. prior to this were about us, right? Our own ambition, our own drive, our own resources, our own ideas of fitting in and belonging. And then we get to cancer where suddenly we're caring deeply for others, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Only we can do so at our own detriment at times. And it's really our own fault that Mm. we end up resentful and retreating. Makes sense. You know, because we're choosing to tolerate that. So that is cancer. Well, now after we've all been, you know, realizing that we're feeling our people around us, eventually people start squabbling and eventually we need to elect a leader. So, <laughs> so here comes Leo. <laughs> um, so Leo is here. We're at another fixed sign. This time it's fire, obviously, and it's represented by the lion. It's ruled by the sun, and so often people can say that Leos want to be the center of attention. Um, and it's kind of funny looking back at the reading that we had done today because you could tell when she said Leo I was like that makes so much sense. Oh yeah, she and was it, like, oh me and him. Yeah, yeah, okay. it was so <laughs> great. Where you could, yeah. yeah, and I lo- remember I complimented her colors before I yeah, and I got that Leo rising. So yeah, we had just I, you were attracted to that fire. I think because you're a <laughs> oh, bright fire rising and so, so are you. Obviously. Yeah, um, but basically. It, um, Leos are creative and confident, right? But sometimes they can seek a pedestal, Mm -hmm. right? Guilty, 
guilty, guilty, <laughs> okay? Um, but then we want to act surprised and prideful if we fall off the pedestal. Oh, boy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the shadow side of Leo, it doesn't want to be the center of everyone's attention in my uh, estimation. The Leo energy, I, it likes to be the center of one person's attention. Like, whoever uh. has their affection in, in particular... At least that's been true for... But again, my son's in the seventh house, so maybe that colors how I view it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, for me, it's always been, I want to be the center of that person's attention. Ah. You know? Um, that makes sense. I feel like the Leos that I know that are prominent... Brothers are Leo, for that matter. Um, and Scorpio rising, but still. Um, they very much like to be the center of, of attention. <laughs> Just in general, you think? <laughs> yes. Yes. In many ways, yes. My best friend was a Leo growing up, too. Um, Interesting. I mean, John's a Leo, but I don't feel like he's like that either. Um, I guess. I mean, he's very I feel like he's pride. confident no matter well, where he goes. Well, do you but... see him at, at his work, though? Oh, no. So That's a that, good point. You know, if you do, I bet you that's where a lot of it comes out. Probably, because it's his 11th house. Yeah. So, out in the world. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. that would make sense, yeah. I love, I don't know, I love the Leo energy. Oh, me too. <laughs> like, I, um, heck yeah, like I said, my best friend growing up was a Leo. I think at the, at the end, what Leo is here to teach us, though, is, you know, the pedestals are great while they last, but ultimately, it feels better to live authentically with integrity than to be on anyone's pedestal. Absolutely. You're right. And so it's here to teach us what it means to practice wholehearted living, which involves courage, which is very Leo. Mm -hmm. um, it really is. That's like the lion, the courage. Yeah, it's very courageous, courageous to step out from the group and say, actually, this is what I want. This right. is what I value. And Leo can very much lead the way in that, like following your heart. And so we're cancer. You know, we're learning we have these emotions. And then Leo comes in and says, okay, we have these emotions. So at first we may try to, like, get other people you know, make them responsible for those emotions. Mm -hmm. Right, put me on a pedestal. You know, make me feel good. Right. But then, as we evolve with Leo, we start to realize this doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Right. This pedestal that I can't ever fall from that makes me have to like perform and and be perfect and all of yes. these things. You know. And so, the the ultimate, like I said, is wholehearted living. It teaches us how to use courage and charisma and to not just to lead ourselves, but to lead others. Mm -hmm. You know, out of that group think. Leo's very. And we'll talk about the oppositions when we get there. But Leo's opposite Aquarius. So where Aquarius is very, let's think about everybody. Leo is like, no, let's no, think I'm about me. about myself. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about myself. So um, Aries says, I want to do this. Taurus says, okay, let's do it. And Jonah says, wait, we need more information. And Cancer says, well, how do we feel about all this? And Leo says, well, let's check in with our heart. Mm. And let's really ask ourselves that question. Yeah, because it, Leo energy, yeah, rules the heart chakra. Mm -hmm. So... Yes. It's wherever it is for you, it's where you can actually build the most confidence in your life, um, in my opinion. It's not self-centered without a purpose, I guess, if that, because the shadow side, they are very self-centered, but it's not without a purpose, right? So if it's meant to figure out what self-confidence is, how else can they do that? If <laughs> they don't investigate itself <laughs> and put right. itself out there, you know? Um, Leo's downfall, I feel the biggest downfall would be the pride. Yes. Um, it can be a big downfall. So in some ways, it's still a young, arrogant sign that hasn't really learned how to ground itself to achieve an actual confidence. But that idea of, like, we're searching for it. Right. You know, we're searching our heart for what does that feel like. And I you think know? a lot of times with 
Leo pride, it boils down to not wanting to admit that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of, yeah, a lot of self-righteousness and just, you know, not being able to, once they've started down a path, not being able to like back up because of pride and reverse course and say, hey, you know, I was wrong. Like they'll just drive themselves off the side of the cliff, you know, even if it's like not even the right idea, you know, yeah. just to prove a point. Yeah, no, absolutely true. I, I've, I've done it in the past. It's absolutely true. Um, you know, it's basically, they're not displaying it though in order to say, oh, I'm somehow better than you. It's coming from a place of wanting to be good enough for you, if yeah. that makes sense. And so if nobody else is going to make me feel good, we're in cancer, right? If nobody else is going to make me feel good, well, then I'm going to figure make out what does make me feel good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, and that's so, why Leo rules things, like I mean, like creativity and art mm-hmm. and, and like acting. and Which we heal through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We heal through art. And, and and creativity and self-expression. Yes. That's how we heal. So that make, would make sense that Leo yep. comes after cancer, right? Um, it's where you carry the most heart, right? And so it can teach us that our own voice absolutely matters and that rather than chasing others and, like, hoping they accept us, yeah. uh, we can stand proud on our own, right? We're strong enough to lead the pack, but yet we're courageous enough to move without it. Yes. That's very Leo. Um, I love being surrounded by people, and I love warmth and love and appreciation and all of those things but if I don't have those things then I'm not afraid to go create it somewhere else yeah you you, know? you have your own self inner you know self-reliance yeah you know you're gonna be okay regardless and um yeah that's the and in fact you know at this recording is right after this long summer of Venus retrograde in Leo and it was so, that was the theme, you know, it's like, I have to be able to be my authentic self. I really do. And that's why we saw a lot of, um, relationships, I think, go through some things during this time. Absolutely. And, and, and money, things with money and your just your aesthetics could have changed or like depending on your rising sign, we're talking about Leo, I'm a Leo rising Venus rules my third and 10th houses, which is communication and career and skills. Right. And um, we're getting out of the shadow, and I, you know I've been contemplating things yeah. for a while now with that. And so um, it's been interesting for me as Venus is approaching the end of her shadow, kind of what's playing out in that area of my mm-hmm. life. So um, absolutely it affects relationships, especially relationships with women. Um, okay. yeah. But it is love, it is beauty, it is money, it is pleasures. It rules Taurus, right? Like we're, It's all of those things. And so art, like you said... Um, with that retrograde Venus and Leo, that that's very much about what we were doing. Like, are we doing these things from the heart? Yeah. Are these really things we want to continue investing in these relationships? These, the things we're doing creatively right now. Are we? Are do we want to go in a different direction? Do we want to revise it? Do you know all of these things? Right. Um, and that's so. It's you're right. It's been. <laughs> what did you call it before? A summer of. Mm. Oh, I don't remember what you said, but it was kind of perfect. <laughs> there was a lot happening. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Especially when Mercury joined the retrograde and Virgo. And... Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, well, I didn't mean to digress off of Leo, too. No, it's okay. Are we, are we wrapped We're pretty much wrapped okay. up. And it's the same thing as every other sign, just looking to where your sun is and yes. how sign aspects, aspects yes. it's making. Um, and again, just teaches you more about where you're showing up like that, where you might have too much pride, where you should actually try be checking in with your heart more. Mm-hmm. So, well, we're done with all that mushy stuff now. <laughs> it's 
time to get, time to, get to work. Uh, Think about it. <laughs> so Virgo is mutable earth, uh, represented by the maiden, you know, holding her harvest. And she's called the virgin of the zodiac, um, and she's ruled by, as well as exalts, the planet Mercury. Um, we actually just had so much going on in Virgo. Oof, did we not? Yes, uh, that Virgo. new moon we did an episode on, mm -hmm. I think, was the kicker. Mm -hmm. um, so there's been a lot happening there. Um, yeah. But this is very much energy that, okay, if this is what we really want from the heart, like we figured out what we want, well, what's the plan to right. achieve that? Do you know? Um, and I feel like with Leo, it's more about um, I want to be more authentic and I want to have more integrity in whatever area. Mm -hmm. of your of your chart it is that's usually what it's about and so what is the plan for you to achieve that mm -hmm. um you know what i mean and so that's virgo and it initiates through critical analysis right yes so where aries very, doesn't really very think, critical it can be very <laughs> critical the shadow side is very very critical absolutely of themselves as well as others well and that's i mean see i always tell people whatever you feel like your inner self is a garden mm -hmm. and if you're not intentionally tending that garden and pulling weeds whatever yes. you have in there is what's coming out so that's if you if somebody is critical of you it's because they are critical as hell of themselves yes um hurt people hurt people heal people heal people we don't let ourselves do that right you know if i find myself slipping into judgment i ask myself what past version of me am I judging right now? Because I'm not even judging that other person. I'm judging right. something in them that I don't like in myself. We're all a bunch of mirrors, people. We're just hol holographs. Yes, so <laughs> keep that in mind. But Aries doesn't really think. It just kind of lights up and rushes in. And then Taurus tries to figure out a plan to, you know, build safety and security right. out of that. And still wants to play. And then Gemini understands, okay, there's duality to everything. And so let's work on gathering some knowledge and figuring all this out. Cancer teaches us, well, you can't ignore how you feel, right? And then Leo speaks about living from the heart. So here comes Virgo and it's like, okay, this is a mess. Let's clean that. <laughs> yes. We're in the soup. Notice that in Virgos and, of course, yes. And it makes sense that the opposite of Virgo is Pisces. It's, again, another soup um, sign. But, no, what's funny, I mean, even in the season, so in the Virgo season, we're talking about the mutable sign right before fall so you're what are you doing during that time we're like going back to school we're like getting our proverbial shit together we're uh -huh. cleaning out closets we're doing the work this is the time of year that people do the most hiring in we're business. packing away our summer clothes and so, yes you know? we're yeah. getting our we're literally harvesting our garden we're you know we're doing all the things to buckle down and prepare for winter that's what virgo does they're very um they're great <laughs> for that. Virgos are fantastic. I mean, oh, I, I mean, I have a Virgo moon conjunct Saturn, but I would just say, um, we need Virgo energy. I have nothing in my sixth house. I don't think. <laughs> you don't. You don't have anything in Virgo. But Virgos are great. But that doesn't mean I don't have Virgo, but go ahead. No, she does have Virgo in the sixth house, ruled by uh, a Pisces Mercury in her twelfth house. <laughs> Um, yuck. <laughs> no, there's no bad placements. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I, I, I feel like Virgo, it's doing it what it's doing to try to be in service, to try to be useful, mm -hmm. right? Yes. It's not being critical because it's trying to make you feel bad. It just sees, Virgo can take something very complex yes. and break it down very simply. Uh, who was it? Albert Einstein that said, if you can't explain it to a five-year-old, you don't know it well enough? Mm, I completely agree with that. That is Virgo. Like Virgo can do that. Virgo can explain something that's super hard to understand to a five-year-old. Like yes. that's what, that's, 
So this energy come in, yes, it can be critical and all that, but all it's really trying to do, Virgo wants a plan, a to-do list. Yes. Okay, you say you want these things, prove it. Mm. Right? That's very Virgo energy. And and they're doing it to try to be of service, to be of some greater good. Um, it's, you know, this, it's the sign, yes, it's ready to judge all other signs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I love that. Where uh, Gemini enjoys more of a like, a, like I said earlier, like a lighthearted conversation, Virgo uh-huh. is far more practical. And it wants to use Mercury's communication as a way to reach a concrete goal. Yes, because, I mean, you think it's interesting you have what would traditionally be like an air-ruled planet of Mercury, a planet of communication, mm-hmm. ruling an Earth sign. So you're mixing both the mind and the Earth, the body. And so it's like you're, you, they can be a little nervous Nellies sometimes, too. Virgo, um, I mean... We know. I mean, my auto, my autoimmune stuff is gut related. Mm, so like, yeah, it rules the stomach. It rules off. the stomach. So um, anxiety is definitely. Um, you know, a lot of people with Virgo moons had anxious mothers. Um, uh, personally, my mother is still. She's not as anxious over it as she used to be, but she's anxious. She has health anxiety. Virgo r- rules health, right? Yeah. And so I have a Virgo moon conjunct Saturn that shows kind of how that showed up in my life with my mother. Wow. Um, uh, John's mother, he has a Virgo moon. He has a good relationship with his mother, but she also suffers from anxiety. So My stepson has a Virgo moon. And yeah. His mother also suffered from anxiety. Yeah, yeah. So very much, it's either you are nervous yourself or you come from, I mean, my whole family has anxiety. My mm-hmm. uncle, my cousins, my... You know, we all, we all, and I know everybody does too. Well, not everybody, because I've asked John, and John don't feel like he's ever felt anxious, but... Um, maybe not everybody, but in my my world, <laughs> most people yeah. have have anxiety, myself included, mm-hmm. my children, you know. So there's very much Virgo energy. Um, but basically at this point, it, it's a sign that wants to give us, well, it doesn't want to, it does give us, wherever this shows up for you, an overwhelming desire to be of service and to be productive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it depends on, again, where that house is for you. What Mercury's doing in the chart, like we talked about, that's not going to tell you more about how the Virgo is showing up in that area, whether it's showing up judgy or whether it's showing up more like practical and here's a plan and, and are you really being of service? Because I think sometimes with Virgo, we want to be of service so badly that we don't stop and consider what somebody actually needs. We're just trying to fix something so we don't have to deal with it. Yeah, that makes sense. There's not a lot of empathy mm. in Virgo, right? That's Pisces. Right. So, yeah. yeah. It's mind earth. It's not water at all. <laughs> no. So where Pisces would be like, you know, maybe enable you and like not have any boundaries, mm-hmm. um, Virgo looks at that and goes, you're not helping. Yes. You know, so that's why they're so matter of fact because they know they don't want to enable you. They don't want to coddle you. This is what you need to do. So just do it. Yeah. If you have a Virgo you know? <laughs> in your life, they will be the resident bubble buster. Isn't that what you <laughs> That's what Katrina That's what my is mom called calls me. in her family. They will, but we need people to break <coughs> our bubbles a little bit. And yeah, Virgo, Virgo is like the surgeon. They come in and they just see the little problem, and they're like, "This is, needs to be tweaked here." But some, but it's you know a huge impact on people's systems. So yeah, it's really it's not about the nitpickiness and the in the judgment. It's honestly a, where we can offer ourselves the flexibility to correct our course. Mm. And a lot of times Virgos can get so set on correcting everybody else's course, ah. right? But if they would focus on their own course and get yeah. that corrected, the rest would kind of 
take care of itself. Mm. Um, and so a lot of times Virgos will use an excuse of, oh, I have all these things to do, but what are you not delegating that you could? Ah. Do you know, they like to feel useful. But so again, they don't want to delegate. Get, they really. don't want to delegate. Mm-hmm. They want that control. They want to feel useful. But then if there's no appreciation, they want to complain about it. Mm. But again, we can go back to that conversation of we are choosing that. Yes. You know, people aren't making us say yes. They aren't making, you know what I mean? Yes. So, um, so we can go, we can talk about that all day. But when they say Virgo is about purity, I think people mistake that a lot as like virgins and purity and like that kind of, when we think of that type uh-huh. of purity. Um, but it's not about the white gloves and the pristine clean, right? Um, we have a duality that we learned about in Gemini. Uh-huh. And so when I think of purity, it's those moments when you're sitting with that inner child and and convincing them they're worthy and convincing them they're worth acceptance. Purity is when all of the versions of ourselves are kind of coexisting mm. in a healthy... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, I feel like sometimes we can get too carried away when we think about purity and the other way because there's just nobody's going to be pure in that way. Yeah, the whole sexual purity thing is weird, um, but I think it's it's a designed as a way to keep women down. And oh, that yes. So I think just the word purity is it's just tainted. It is. It is. I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> it's very tainted. But I guess you know, with Virgo, Virgin, you know, being associated with, you know. But I feel like it's more about. So when you think of virgin, like fresh, you know, start, Virgo is more about, okay, and we've gone through, you know, this is, oh, I'm alive, you know, I can do all these things to, okay, this is what we need to do, though, to create safety and structure and stability in this mm-hmm. world, to, oh, maybe we need to learn some more things, to, oh, wait, we have to consider feelings, you know? Yeah, wait. And then we, we get to Leo, this? and we're like, okay, can I be courageous, courageous enough, despite all of this stuff, to just be myself? Mm-hmm. And then Virgo comes in, and it's like, this is your blank slate, make a plan. Like mm. that type of fresh, not, yeah. not a purity where all that old you disappears, but right. this, this pure moment of when you feel it's the like clarity. Yeah. Clarity, you know? Okay, I like the word um, clarity. So, so that's very Virgo. Um, and it's about health, of course, and habits and routines. We obviously can't just go, go, go. Right. The way that Aries would like to, and we obviously cannot clean. Our tummies will hurt then. They will definitely hurt. <laughs> um, you will just not have no, you will just run yourself down. Yeah. Um, and we also can't cling to the comfort zones, right, of the security and the safety right. that Taurus wants to just stay and play in. Right? Yes. That's, that's not good either. Um, and then, of course, we, we can't um, just use our heads like Gemini wants to and forget about our heart. You know right. what I mean? And so, feelings. So, or... yeah. So then, obviously, we don't want to walk around without integrity. We want to be people. I think we, most of us want to be people of integrity. We're just afraid to. Yes. Because of worrying about what everybody else will think or say or whatever the case may be for you. It's just difficult to be somebody. Because integrity is when you do the right thing even when nobody's watching. Right. Well, we we somehow get this idea that everybody's supposed to like us. Yeah. <laughs> I think that not. step one is realizing that it's okay if they don't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everybody's not supposed to like you. It's weird it's okay. because she said to you earlier. You don't even have enough energy to like everybody. There's no. not even enough time to even meet everybody. No. So There's the not enough time that... to meet the people I do like. And right. I don't like very many people. Right. <laughs> I mean, and I do have kind of a big network personally, but I want to focus my energy on the people I really like. 
And so if I'm focusing energy on the people that don't like me, when that's just taking up all my energy. But this is one of those things that Virgo teaches you when you look at it to go, wait a minute, does it make sense to keep trying to fit in with these people that I don't even care right? about fitting in with? Yeah. You know, it's, you're nervous and you're anxious. All oh, these people might not like me. Who cares? Yeah. Like the people that like you, like you, like it's, there's enough people to go around <laughs> for you to have your, down, all your people. Trust me. I think it boils down to if you're, again, if you can't sit in self-acceptance, Mm. you're going to constantly chase more acceptance. So yes. then the people around you who tell you they accept you and who love they're you, they're not going to be enough. They're not enough while. for you because yeah. you're going to go out and try to get it again elsewhere. And so yes. those are patterns. Like Virgo will re relate to you those patterns in yourself, right? Mm. And Mercury's ideas, a messenger of the gods. And so these downloads will come, especially in that Virgo area of your chart. That's why I love Virgo season though. Yeah, Virgo season is great. I love Virgo. Um, but yeah, so Virgo, again, it, it's, it's wanting us to listen to our bodies. Um, the body will lead the way. Mercury is the messenger of the God, the ruler of Virgo, which is health and habits and routines. Yes. Trust your body. Trust your body. Get your health <clears throat> habits together. You only have this one vessel. You can either choose to spend your life like hating it or you can choose to love it, but you're, you're stuck with it. <laughs> so yeah. just accept it. That's the truth. <laughs> That's the truth. But you're going to want to look, um... Just like the other signs we said, look to the house it's in, look yes. to where Mercury's at, the aspects Virgo that Mercury's is making. It rules the sixth house, generally. Mm -hmm. And this can help you understand where you, where you want to show up with a to-do list, but then you might scrutinize yourself when you're not able to check everything off of it. So, yeah, so you would um, want to look to, like, so where your Mercury is ruling from also. Yeah, yeah, you want to take that all of that into account. Um, just as an example for you, you could be very, with the sixth house, Virgo, you can be, you can very much want to show up with a to-do list at work or in your everyday life and your routines and, and want to have a plan for your health. To-do list is my favorite. You're, yeah, yeah, very <laughs> much. Is, but because it's ruled by Mercury and Pisces, you kind of get lost sometimes in the ethereal or in your thoughts or get off track maybe. Um, it's like you know me. <laughs> I, or maybe I just create so many lists <clears throat> that I get lost in the lists. Yeah. Or, may, or like me, I'll make a list and like leave it at home. Yeah. I have lists. You could open any, literally like any book in my house that has some kind of like blank pages that uh, it's got some kind of a list in there. I guarantee it. That's funny. Yeah, well, mine is second house, right? So I'm able to break down. Um, I'm really good with like personal resources and um, a budgets mm -hmm. and um looking at values and, and teaching people about self-worth. Well, my Mercury is... That's where I wish mine was, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, but believe me, when you have Saturn conjunct the moon there in the North Node, it's not easy. I'm yeah, I'm to sure, everybody. I'm sure. Um, but the, my Mercury is in the 7th house in Aquarius where it does really well. Um, and it sucks how my MC. Um, and so how did I learn this? Well, through my relationships with other people. That's how I learned to value myself. And now I, it's sex on my MC where now you hear me teaching other people mm. through my blog, my writing, through this conversation, Mercury, right? Yes. How to accept themselves and, and grow. So again, it's going to look different for all of us based on where the Virgo is. Do you have anything in Virgo? Right. Right. Um, because like your Virgo house is empty. Mine has three things in it. Right. You know, so th that's going to play out differently. Yep. So and that brings us to Libra. All right. So Libra is what I call sometimes lost. <laughs> lost. Lost. So Aww. this is where we get to the... Where I we... have three planets there. <laughs> it's no in big your seventh house. <laughs> it's in your seventh house. So for you, it could be more about 
people that show up in your life like that personally and professionally. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. But it's it's the sign <laughs> opposite of Aries, right? So we have Aries who doesn't think much of others at all because it, it's not it's not meaning to be selfish. It can come across that way. But Aries is not selfish, but they're very much easily inspired. Mm. And so they're just going off wherever their inspiration takes them, right? Whereas Libra considers others way too much. And that's where the nodes are right now, right? South node in Libra, north node in Aries via transit. Ah, mm-hmm. And what this axis is about is... You know, where are we assertive and where are we not? Um, how can we stop being hyper, hyperly independent or overly compromising, codependent, and how can we be more interdependent? So that's what right. this axis represents, and that's what it's trying to achieve. Um, they often come across, Libras do, as superficial mm. um, because of this. They have a deep, deep desire to connect. So Libra is the only sign that I would say almost feels destined to be in a relationship. Oh, like that's... they don't like being alone. I I have Jupiter and Libra. So, I mean, I could see that. I mean, my, yeah. my relationships that I've been in are like long. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, they were big, big yeah. relationships. Absolutely. That's very much Libra. They love to be in a relationship. They, they're a cardinal sign. And then of course, ruled by Venus. Mm-hmm. Um, and Libra is represented by the scale. So they're always trying to figure out balance and harmony and of course it won't. <laughs> mm. So when you think of the scales, this is what I say for Libras. So you think of the scales, on one side you have the light and on the other side you have the darkness. Now, if there's too much light, there's imbalance, right? Right. If there's too much darkness, there's imbalance. So real balance is accepting the light and the dark in you. Like that's where balance ah. comes in. And so a lot of people try to, you know, they people please, Libras will people please to try to like build this false sense of peace in their external world and inside it don't matter because they're still not at peace. That's right. Do you know what I mean? So um, so when it's living on the superficial side, uh, it's very much about people pleasing and controlling it, you know, looking for the, the person's mood to change, wanting to make sure that you're... That's very John, by the way. <laughs> he has, has Libra he rising. He has Libra rising with Uranus. My little Emmy is a Libra rising. Yeah. And, and oh, the, she can even pick up, like, she'll, she'll be like, are you mad? Like, she can pick up on, like, little tone changes or little, even just minor things. Like, even if I'm, like, kind of... You know, I'm like, no, honey, I'm just out of breath. They do, they do. Listen, I'm gonna tell you, they're an air sign. They're very smart. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, when oh, it comes she's to so relationship smart. stuff, John will, and you and I talked about this. So, like, if I'm, I don't even recognize saying my energy's off. Oh, yeah. John will notice my energy's off, and and we had to talk about this, him and I, because he would want to fix it. Mm. Like, babe, are you okay? Do you want to do this? Do you want to? Yeah. And I just no, I just want to be left alone for a minute. Like, I'm yeah. good, you know. And so we discovered with him that it was past relationship trauma where he he did because he's he was I mean, he has an airy seventh house. He was with women who explode in anger all the time, you wow. know. And so and that's where his Chiron is. So there's deep wounds there for him. And so I obviously I wasn't harsh with him. I was very patient because I understood where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about the fact that like literally I'm not gonna explode. Like we've been together over two years. Right. I never I did yell at him once, and it was because Tana possibly had COVID, and he brought her to the house. Oh, boy. Yeah. And that's the only time he's never yelled at me, um, and that's the only time I've yelled at him. And it was over very quick, because <laughs> uh-huh. I realized, you know what I mean? Um, and so, anyway, um, he was just trying to make his daughter comfortable. Right. Bring her home to her own room. She prefers to be at our house, and I understood that. But I had such anxiety over COVID because mm-hmm. of my autoimmune, you know? So. Yeah. It was a thing. Um, but he's very much wants to fix it. 
like before Libra will very much, are you okay? And if not, what can I do to make it better? Because I don't want nothing disrupting the peace. Even today, my little Emmy, she, so I had asked her to pick up, like she had like a Barbie and a shirt laying in the kitchen because that's where that goes. And um, so I said, well, honey, could you please take the Barbie and the shirt and take them upstairs to your room? And she said, I don't like to do that. <laughs> and I said, you know, I get it, kid, because I don't really like to do it either. I said, but, you know, we all are kind of a team and we got to help out here. I said, so would you please do it? And I don't know. I think she, I was making her breakfast. And so I sat down and it didn't get done by her, basically. And so I did it anyway. <laughs> but she came up to me when I was getting ready and she said, Mom, I'm sorry about earlier. I mean, she's like four years old. Yeah. And she just was, you know, she, she wanted also to got make a lot sure. Of yummy Pisces in her Yeah, chai. she sure does. She's yeah. never going to like chores. Oh, man. <laughs> then I mean, sure my kids like chores. Tim and John are liberalizing the Pisces sixth house, and they are empty sixth house. She actually has stuff in her sixth house. She does yeah. not want to do chores. <laughs> oh, no, she doesn't. She says it's boring. She is yeah. the sweetest, though. She yeah, is she such is. a sweet girl. Yeah, she yeah, is. Super sweet. Um, but yeah, you know, Libra is, you know, it's about understanding that life is not always going to feel harmonious and balanced all the time. Right. Um, you know, too much light is as bad as too much dark. And, um, it really, if we have all good and no bad, are we really learning appreciation and gratitude? Right. You know, um, so just viewing the way, changing your perception of balance, I think is really helpful. Um, because balance is not, let's regulate faster. Let's get away from the shadow. Let's, let's, you know, suppress this. It's, I just want to feel good all the time. No, balance is sometimes I'm not going to feel good. And here's what I do during those times to get through it, to get myself to where I'm feeling good again. Right. Like it's, it's flowing through the different emotions that come. Right. And so that's real balance. Um, but Libra is basically where we start recognizing that other people can help or hinder the plan, you know, mm -hmm. that we created way back in Aries. <laughs> right. Um, and now Libra's like, well, other people either are going to help me with that or hinder me with that. And right. we can sometimes blame them when we're the ones choosing to continue that pattern. Mm. You know, it's, it's a very much a way you and I talked about, and this is very Libra. And in past podcasts, we have talked about how catering to other people can be a way to avoid our own potential. Oof. Right? And that's yeah. very Libra. And you want to blame the other people. Well, I have to do all these things. Yep. But really, you don't. You're just choosing to because stepping into your own power is very terrifying. Right. We are not. Marianne Williams, who I love and I wish she was our president. She's running again. Um, she has the best quote. I just shared it the other day where she talks about, you are not afraid of failure. Mm. You are terrified of success. Oh, gosh. And that's so, a whole conversation. It absolutely is. That we could definitely um, have a whole episode about that. But... But yeah, so Libra just, you know, it teaches us to be more diplomatic, um, but sometimes it can be to a fault. And so you need to realize, you can even set a boundary in a diplomatic way. You don't, being diplomatic doesn't mean just caving to what the other person wants all the time. Right. You know, I can be kind and stern. I can be kind and assertive. It's not, it's not either I have to be a bitch or not stand up for myself at all. Do you know right. what I mean? There's, right. there's an in-between there that you can master. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I would say about that. And then Libras are super, super smart and witty. Yeah. Um, very They're smart very and funny. witty. Very mm -hmm. fun. They're very, um, um, I mean, like I think of like Beyonce is a Libra. Like they have this kind of 
aura that's very friendly and just very approachable. Well, ruled by Venus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Beautiful thoughts, beautiful yeah. minds if you talk to them. They're also um, beautiful people. Beautiful people. <laughs> yeah. You, you ever seen a Venus and Libra? Like, they're super pretty. Yeah. Uh, super good looking people. Um, but basically, it's, it's trying to, to understand, you know, we're trying to understand in Libra that both people matter in the yeah. relationship, um, and that includes you. And sometimes I think Libra will compromise its own values, like I said, to keep that false sense of peace, mm. um, which is why we're, when we get into Scorpio, we'll talk about that more. But, um, but there is this recognition in Libra where it's like, okay, well, other people matter, but am I putting too much on, you know, like just figuring that out, you know, what relationship is dynamics. relationship dynamics and figuring that out is very Libra. Um, it's also where we can are, you know, we can attend relaxed gatherings. We start to recognize that building alone really has so little purpose. Right. Um, it's really the first sign I would say, because it's not that we're not dealing with other people and the other signs, but this is Libra is the first sign where we go, actually, I don't want to build alone. Right. It's not fun. It's not, you know, I, I have nobody to share it with. What's the point? Mm -hmm. Um, that's very much Libra. And so sometimes you can stay even in relationships longer than you should because you feel like you've already built this. But like one of the things I told myself when I left my first marriage, um, cause I said, you know, there was part of me that went, well, you've already, you know, it's 15 years you're going to waste. Well, do I want to waste 15 more? Right. Do you know what I mean? It's perception. That's yeah. I could have just, just like people that my life. are like, oh, I don't want to do this because it's been so long or whatever. Like, well, it's been so long anyway. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like people that decide they're not going to do something because they're too old. Like you're going to be old anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so. I, you know, Libra's very much about learning about the divine union within because mm -hmm. I feel like. You know, it's an air sign, and we're talking about it's ruled by Venus, so it's trying to understand ideas around love and relationships and wealth and pleasure. Um, and it's not until you find an acceptance for yourself and the duality that exists within you that you can actually even have healthy interdependent connection. Yeah, that's with other true. people, you know, and so that's, that's very much what the higher octave, I believe, of Libra is. Just in recognizing that your relationship with others is only ever going to be as healthy as you believe you deserve. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, again, learning self-acceptance, you know, you're never going to believe other people accept you if you can't believe you're acceptable. And so look again at the house Libra is in your chart, the condition of Venus, and this can tell you more about where you show up. Um, but I think this is really about understanding that peace Libra is only found sometimes by going through the war Aries, mm. the opposition, right? Yeah. And so the balance of, again, assertiveness and passiveness. Yes where you're being too passive or where maybe you're not being passive enough. Yeah. Libra yeah. is a major theme of 2023, 2024. Yeah. With the South Node there, we're yes. letting go of some of the shadow traits of Libra and embracing the higher octave of the divine union with self. Yes. Um, North Node and Aries. Um, dealing with that balance between, okay, this divine union with myself and, and where's that cut up to where I'm being selfish and I'm not considering others. Right. And, and just then where that am, out. or where am I um, on the other end of the spectrum? Where am I giving too much? And, yes, you know, or where are my codependent behaviors? People pleasing behaviors. Yes, absolutely. I would say so. All right, moving on <laughs> to one of my favorite, everybody's favorite sign, <laughs> Scorpio. Oh, there's this astrologer I watch named Cam, and he's so matter of fact. We were talking about that earlier. Sometimes I get mad as hell at him, but I watch him anyway because yeah. he's so real. He hates the moon in Scorpio. He hates it. 
I, you know, the moon is in, in uh, fall in Scorpio. Uh-huh. But Scorpio is my fourth house. I love a moon in Scorpio. Like, it's mm, never it's... been bad for me. Yeah. So, but, um, but again, he, he always jokes when the moon's in Scorpio. And he doesn't very much like Aquarius energy either. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny That's that funny. I watch him, right? Right. Uh, but Scorpio is represented by the scorpion, right? It stings. It's ruled by Mars in uh, traditional astrology and Pluto in modern and so this is where we start using our relationships. We start realizing they can be mirrors. Yes. Right? Um, so Libra taught us to kind of look at that balance and figure it out. And then Scorpio comes in and says, well, use it as a mirror. Yeah. Right? That's, that's Scorpio. Um, so basically what we're doing is we're using our relationships as mirrors to reflect back to us our supposed worth in Libra. Like mm -hmm. we just take like, okay, well, this is what I must be worth because this is how I'm treated. Wow. And Scorpio comes in and is like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's where we'd start to recognize that everyone kind of has a shadow side. And, yeah. um, and and that trying to connect with others can actually teach us this quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and often enough, there still isn't the maturity, though, in Scorpio for us to understand that the goal isn't always to transform the relationship. Because it can hold on to the relationship. It's a fixed water sign. Right. And so it can hold on to the relationship and withstand a lot of hurt and pain for the sake of that relationship, right? Right. When the idea is not to take the pain personally and let it transform you and your reflection and, and what you're reflecting in your outer world mm. based on what's going on inside of you. So so it's not to just, like, get pissed off at the other person and brood on no, it. No, no, but that's very Scorpio. <laughs> very, very Scorpio. Um, um, wherever this is for you, you can experience, like, the deepest transformations yes. in your life. Um, like, for me, it's fourth house, and you figure so home and family and cycles and all that what have I done my whole mm. life I've transformed that how did I do that Scorpio's research mm. I researched right so what did I research home and family and and childhood and cycles and how to break those things mm -hmm. you know that's very so wherever Scorpio like you're the eighth house Scorpio no, rules the eighth house no surprise that you were so good at banking and handling other people's resources oh, you know okay. what I mean so yeah so very, very Scorpio. Um, Scorp because Scorpio, people don't talk about it as much, but it also represents wealth and power like Taurus, just in a, a different way. Right. You know, so, um, but yeah, so this is where we start to realize we have triggers, right? And Scorpio teaches us to research, but also not, facts are good, it researches, right? But it's also, don't cut out your intuition. Mm. You know, don't cut out what you feel and just go based on the facts that you're learning because as we keep saying over and over again, you are supposed to go with what you feel. That's why emotional intelligence is so critical. Right. So that if you are dysregulated, you know how to regulate yourself so that you can actually listen to your intuition and your body. Because when you're in a dysregulated state all the time, yeah, you're you never going to change your life. You're never no. going to get a clear message. No. You know, so... You just can't operate from there because you're too worried about basic needs. If you can't get past your basics and being you know, secure, then you're never going to go up, you know, toward enlightenment or being, you yeah. know, awakened. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so Scorpio is learning, um, Scorpio is very good at getting others to reach agreement um, because they're good at strategizing a plan to move forward and transform things. And when it's opposite Taurus, right? So it reminds us that building our dreams and being wealthy is not enough for the soul. Mm. It's not that building our dreams and being wealthy is bad. Right. It's okay. To enjoy life and to have things and all of that. But Scorpio's like, that could all be taken from you tomorrow. And what would you have? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So there's a joke. that Scorpio's deep. It's very, it's the deepest sign, I would yes. say. It's quite deep. I feel like it's, 
it's like right at that center transition, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, where we get through the, the first six signs and then boom, here comes Scorpio. And now something's going to transform so that we can progress through differently through the rest of the season. Yeah, it's like kind of the yeah. turning point in our evolution yeah, a little absolutely. bit. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Sorry, my nose is so itchy. Girl. That's okay. Um, but there's this joke, because, you know, Scorpio is a water sign, but there's this meme that goes around where it's water, but it, the water's on fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's so funny because a lot of <laughs> that's so true because I have a triple Scorpio daughter, um, and that is a very good analogy of her uh, lake on fire. Yeah, um, yeah. because she's very yeah very emotional, but and just loves and cares and is very good in you know, but also it don't cross her don't you know hurt her feelings because she won't forgive you i don't think ever. no they hold on Scorpio uh, is fixed it holds on yeah. to everything um they can be quite possessive mm. um very possessive um so wherever you have scorpio think about that so like you have an eighth house which would be like your joint resources your most intimate vulnerable connections your karmic contracts that sort of thing um and where you might be kind of overly possessive in that area and for me it's like the fourth house so I want to control and be overly possessive of my family and my ah. home. And so John, it's the second house. So it's personal resources, his values, his, okay. you know what I mean? So wherever that is for you, first house, over just overly protective of self in general, mm. right? So so that will tell you a lot is where the Scorpio is. <laughs> um, there's, also, there's just, when you have somebody like your daughter with a lot of Scorpio, there's almost just, no matter what mood they're in, what they're doing, there's almost this like, intensity that you can sense underneath the surface when you're mm -hmm. near them they're mm -hmm. just intense yeah they are um and it just teaches us to become in love with the mysteries of life you know yeah it, do it does rule things like the occult and astrology yeah. and things like that yeah. and um yeah just any kind of deep dark secrets and things like yeah um, that's a scorpio yeah and I halloween feel, <laughs> halloween yes absolutely and and i feel like it's really the re it's we're researching in Scorpio, but but really what the lesson is, what we ultimately are meant to learn is that you know that self acceptance of the shadow, mm. um, you know that we have to follow. We don't like that the path is not always clear or known, but that is life, and we have to we have to trust the mystery and and follow the breadcrumbs of our soul and let life reveal itself. Mm. Um, and that's very Scorpionic, but it it's very deep. But so many of us struggle with that. Yeah. Um, you know, but this is the part of our chart basically where we can become our own therapist. Ah. Um, you know, I feel like, because if you research enough and you learn enough, like I did, that's what I did. I just, I started writing things and then I would go back and I would read it from that higher perspective and go, you know, well, this is why you feel this way. And this, ah. is, you know, and just kind of play my own therapist. So that's a possibility, but we learn to heal through the insight our research brings us in Scorpio. And the sign also has a tendency to go after what it wants. Hmm. But then not know what to do with it when it gets it. Hmm. Sometimes interesting. I don't know if you've noticed that in in your daughter, but uh, sometimes. Um, but you know, again, Scorpio just we almost hit rock bottom in in Scorpio. Yeah. Um, we just have no choice but to learn our way back to the top. Mm, that makes sense. <laughs> you because, know, but it's like getting it's like clearing out what's not working so that you can ascend. Kind of. I mean, because you know, with the next sign is you know, the first step to that, kind of. Oh, I believe so. And, and we're definitely going to talk about it because it, it all evolves, like each right. sign evolves. And so um, basically, you know, same thing. Look where Scorpio is. Look where Mars. You can look at Pluto because they mm -hmm. they're both they both co-rulers. 
um, the aspects they're making, that sort of thing. And it'll tell you kind of how your Scorpio energy is showing up. Mm -hmm. um, where Taurus wants us to like accumulate resources for the sake of resources for that material. Like I don't have to lack right. for food and entertainment and all these things I want to do, right? But again, this is the opposite side of Scorpio. And it's saying, well, consider that there is no safety and stability. Mm. There's just not. Right. Like you can lose all of that tomorrow and then what? That's right. And so Scorpio is really getting us to realize, like, it's okay to have those things, but you have to have a mindset of that I'm going to be okay if I no longer have them tomorrow. Yes. And also it's about kind of getting the right people in your life in order to help you, you know, get through harder times and getting, you know, surrounding yourself with people who are um, going to, you know... You mean say. that instead of brooding? Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, just what I'm like getting, you know, surrounding yourself with people who are going to be a good mirror for you. Um, you know, because if that's what Scorpio is, and you're gonna, you know, do that inner work, because there's there's good mirrors and bad mirrors that we can surround ourselves with. Um, and so, yeah. I think we talked about that. I want to say we did, where we talked about like. It's so easy for us to accept a reflection that somebody gives back to us of where we feel unworthy or wounded in some way. Mm -hmm. But like if you, like the other night when you messaged me what you did and that was a mirror that reflected back to me like, oh, I'm worthy of believing in and all right. of that and my response to that, right? Because I'm learning to accept those mirrors too and that's difficult. Yeah. Um, even with John sometimes, like he's been this way for over two years, but he believes in me just like Isaac believes in us. You know, uh -huh. he believes in us, we talk about it and he gets excited and uh -huh. and and just letting that be okay, letting that be a mirror to me that yeah, I am on the right path and yes, I'm not just crazy. Like this is, I'm, you know, having the right people around you is critical. Yes. It's very, very critical. Um, it's really hard to do this work and put yourself out there. And so if you got people in your corner that are like, yeah, it's good. You can do this. Yes. That's all that it's matters. It's so much easier to do. With because that now by Scorpio, we don't give a shit what people think. No, we're kind of over that. Because now we're in the truth bombs. Sagittarius, uh -huh. uh, who's ruled by Jupiter, mutable fire. Mutable fire. Think about that. <laughs> Beautiful, like, like moron. It's, <laughs> it's just changing and moving and it's fire, mm. right? So it's all these flames and it's represented, the glyph has an arrow on it, pointed yes. in that one direction. So Sagittarius has an intention, mm. right? It just has an intention. Um, it's a very expansive sign. So after Scorpio gives us this insight into kind of where we need to heal, we begin the quest in Sagittarius to seek that healing out. Mm. Um, and so we have to be careful because along the way, as we learn things and it can make us, and I know just personally on my healing journey, um, we can still have that self-righteous mindset, which is Sagittarius. We can still have that and be quite dogmatic, even though we haven't fully fleshed something out. If it mm. resonates and inspires us, yes, we can be a bit dogmatic. So, ah. so that is one thing to know about Sagittarius. Uh, it can show us where we tend to be a bit self-righteous. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is also can tell us a lot about where we adapt our higher beliefs about life and yes. all that en that entails, where we learn the most about who we are. Mm. Um, you learn through you learn a lot through traveling. Yes. You love I know you love to travel, but you actually do like learn a lot that way. Yes, I do. Um, and for me it's in the fifth house and, and it's ruled by Jupiter, which is in my and you you and traveling with other people for you, I would say, because yes. Jupiter's in your seventh house. So you don't want to go with a whole group necessarily. 
But you do want somebody with you. I do. Yes. <laughs> when you travel. I will travel alone, but no, I do prefer a partner yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but also um, higher education yeah. as well. As I am overly You love education. Educated. Yes, yes. But, but all of this is good for Obs you because you, you do learn and expand so much through those things. And with me, it's the fifth house. Jupiter's in my first house, so it's been about my children. Um I wrote a blog about motherhood the other night and just how it's so weird now because I feel like my children are the reason I've learned everything I've learned. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk back, when I talk to them now and I say these things to them, it's almost like I'm just teaching them what they've already taught me. <laughs> it's really <laughs> That's crazy. funny. But yeah, so where Sagittarius is, I mean, we're, it's where you're going to expand the most in this life. Where yes. you have the potential to really learn from people around you in that area of the chart as well. Mm. Um, and so that's really good to think about. But... Basically, Sagittarius can represent the hippie wanderer, but also the fundamental preacher. Uh, right? There's is that this preacher whole teacher spectrum of it, yeah, right? It's, yeah, it's, and it's basically it's represented by the centaur, the archer, letting us know that we can aim our intentions and we don't have to pave our own road to hell. Because <laughs> a lot of times, you know, the intentions matter, but if you're not somebody who reflects on your intentions and is intentional, you can still hurt people no matter how good your intentions are. And Saggies are very <coughs> um, direct. Yes. Uh, like, they will just tell you about them. So I they was fire. very close to my cousin. Uh, I lived with her and helped her with her kids and everything. She was a Sagittarius. She was very, yes, very blunt. Yep. Loved her to death, though. I know. They're, they're uh, I mean, they're great travel companions. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, they're fun people. They really are, and they love to learn. They, they all Everything's are about... Everything's a quest and an adventure. Yeah, they're all about, and like... Let's just, just do it. Yep, and yep. Yeah. I love it. We definitely need that kind of energy in our life sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's basically this, you know, in the Sagittarius area of our chart where we're needing to break free, right? Um, or we can find the things, like I said, that are our motivation to break free. Mm -hmm. Like if you wanted people educated, you know, travel, all of that becomes really important for you. And you view that as a way people can break free from the dogmatic stuff. So uh, if you educate yourself, you, you find agree. value in people educating themselves. You know what yes, I mean? I do. You, um, and so, and for me again, it's, you know, creative self-expression, my children, all of that, but you, but it's that motivation. It's where it comes from, you know, yes. is that Sagittarius area. Um, and then I would just say that we basically can, in Sagittarius, also start to understand the power of manifestation. Oh yeah. Jupiter is, is, and we're going to talk about this, but Jupiter is a, a very gift giving, very generous, benefic mm. planet. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is about the guru. Um, yes. Whereas Mercury's more, and we'll talk about it, but Mercury's more smaller mind. Jupiter's more expansive, bigger mind, spiritual, ah. higher mind. Whereas Mercury's more earthly ideas gotcha. and stuff. And so this is this is Jupiter's very like, good. Yeah, seeking the meaning of life. Yes, and yes. Kind of and big, that's yeah. what Sagittarius is all about. Right? Yeah. So basically we understand in Sagittarius that we enjoy connection, but not so much at the cost of our confidence and our character. Mm. Um, so we don't want to be around people anymore who bring us out of character. That makes sense. Um, so we can begin to value relationships in Sagittarius as the teaching tool they are. And while Sag can be overly dogmatic, the real lesson is that we all need to have faith in something. Mm. Right? Yes. So Scorpio, we understand that we have to trust the unknown. And so now it's time to do that. <laughs> Sagittarius, um, to have faith that if you just follow your instincts, the path will reveal itself. And while Sagittarius can be quick... 
to try to convict you um, of whatever they're currently convicted of. Yeah. The higher expression of Sag does not do that. So mm-hmm. the more evolved Sagittarius is going to allow others to believe whatever they want and to have their convictions and to provide space for them to be validated and heard. Um, I feel like Sagittarius on the higher octave is very much the Hindu proverb energy that I always talk about. Uh-huh. Um, so Sagittarius is excited about all the different paths up the mountain and it wants to explore them all, you right. know. Um, but sometimes when it finds one that resonates, it can run around to anybody else. It's, you know, you're wasting your time. This yes. is the past. And then Sagittarius is wasting their time, right? So um, so basically the lesson is working tirelessly to convince others is not anyone's path. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I might be a little, I mean, with my Sagittarius moon <coughs> conjunct Neptune in the ninth house, I might be a little bit of, do a little bit of that. I'm trying to convince others that my way is the right way. It's, oh, my. I know my sister, when I told her she was a Sag rising, she's like, well, that don't really makes sense and I said really because it's a very my way or the high oh she goes oh yeah there it is like she didn't realize that Sagittarius my way or the highway sometimes she's like oh yeah that makes sense yeah that's totally me yeah (laughs) it it can very much my way or the highway yeah Yeah. and so just know you know we're getting our way is the best way though (laughs) typically it is and and that's what's difficult about it I think is because when we do cave and like yeah. yeah yeah no I completely agree and I don't even have a lot of Sag I just have Neptune so um but Jupiter is in my first house so ah yeah but again where's Sagittarius in your chart uh where's Jupiter what aspects is Jupiter making um even the the like the transits right Mm -hmm. so um where is Jupiter transiting right now Taurus so that is going to affect things in not just your Sag house but your Pisces house because Jupiter also rules Pisces Mm. So knowing where it's at in transit and what it rules is also very helpful. Okay. Um, yeah. To see kind of how that can all fit together. So, um, so yeah, that would be Sagittarius. Basically, it's where we start asking ourselves, hmm, who am I really? Yeah. You know, and we start trying to figure that out. <laughs> and then we're like, look at me. I'm Here the greatest I am. of all time. Yeah. I'm Capricorn <laughs> with the goat. <laughs> the goat. The GOAT. The greatest of all time. All right. Um, so you, we learned real quick that we are quite special, okay? So now we enter Capricorn, and everybody has got a story about a Capricorn, I think, but... The funniest um, thing to me... They're very diligent. My, yeah. dad is, my dad is a Capricorn. Well, the funniest thing to me is that people think all Capricorns are hard workers. <laughs> they're not. No. It, it is about... Building structures that make them feel safe. And if they can use you to do that, they will <laughs> on the shadow side. And I'm, so I'm just saying. Like, mm. it's not just because these, oh, Capricorn's all about work, hard work and money. No, it's really not. Um, it's Cardinal Earth. It's ruled by Saturn. So it can be very melancholy. Yes. Right? It's starting off winter. Yeah, it's, it's very judgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's where we try to find meaning in our work, right? But if if the work we're doing is not legacy worthy, right? Because now we're coming off a sad where, oh, who am I really? I'm this person and this is what I want to do with my life. And so suddenly, you know, something in Capricorn could trigger somebody like quitting a job and like going off. Do you know what I mean? Yes, that happened to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you have Capricorn 10th house as well, right? So again, where this is in your chart will play out differently, but it's very much... You're looking at the structures of your life because, okay, now we're, we're trying to figure out who we are. We're expanding our idea of who we are. So now we got to change the structures of our life a little right. bit to fit around this new idea of who we are. Um, and that could look like many different things, right? But if it's not 
in Capricorn, if we're if we don't feel that what we're doing is is going to leave a legacy of some sort, we don't mm-hmm. want to do it. Mm. Um, th- the problem with this is it can become burdensome and heavy because not everything we do has to be related to leaving some huge legacy. It's okay to just watch a movie, right, or take a walk, or do something simple with your life. You don't have to. Not be everything has to be things, right? right? Um, you can just walk <clears throat> to the park. You don't have to have the park named after you. Right, right. <laughs> so. But it's, it's very much about, Capricorns are very karmic sign, right? We're talking about ruled by Saturn. And so it's very much about understanding the repercussions of our past actions. Um, and it can feel, like I said, a bit melancholic, dry, cold. Um, we can be overly concerned with legacy and the actions taken to create one. But I would ask you, what good does it do to create a legacy if you're never going to stuff and enjoy it? That's right. It's so interesting that that's a, it falls at the top of the chart, too, kind of, you know, where it's... I mean, it's all downhill from when you start to think you're the goat. Uh, well, we were having this whole conversation earlier, you and I, and I said, man, I, w- I want to find somewhere to talk about that. Yeah. Remember? We said, oh, let's talk yeah. about it at Capricorn. Okay, yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to obviously get too far off, off tangent, but what I love about Capricorn is, is this is where we do have the potential to become disciplined and authoritative over our own lives, and we can choose to allow and understand that the melancholy can exist with the joy. Yes. Right? We can still find pleasure and, and, and you know, bring our senses to life even in the midst of, you know, sadness and grief and other things. Um, but what you and I were talking about earlier, because Capricorn is about prestige. Yes. Yes. Right? Prestige. And I know it's, this is more of a you thing that I just thought was a really good topic, so I don't know if you want to just talk well, about it for a little about, bit. It's about pressure um, and the pressure to succeed um, and the caring more about the appearance of things than the actual things and caring so much about what other people think still. Um, and other people's perspective of you. And so um, my family is one that could be considered to be highly successful people. Um, Even famous in some Famous ways. as mm-hmm. well. That's correct. Um, and at least two of them. And some for maybe some not good things. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but yeah. And so that can be a lot to feel like you have to live up to. And I think that's a lot of Capricorn energy is this, what am I going to, what's my legacy? Like, How said, do I keep up how with How can the I even compete <laughs> with, with these, you know, already established legacies that um, my family has? I mean, and, and so, you know, what, what, you know, possible mark could I make that's, you know, could even compare? And so I think... Yeah, you can, I, I get into my head about it sometimes, uh, yeah. like I was telling you. so It's, you know, for me, you know, it's a good perspective for me because I didn't grow up with any of that prestige. And sometimes when you don't, mm-hmm. um, you look at people who come from that and you think, wow, they have it all. Yeah. People don't realize that that is not the truth. No. That that kind of life comes with so much pressure. It does. And, you know, it's it's daunting. Mm, very you know, much so. And so it turns you into a hypercritical person sometimes because you're always in a fear of being judged or, um, you know, like that you're not enough or you're only as good as your last accolade or whatever. And so you don't ever feel like you can relax. It's a very high stress 
um, you know, situation. You don't feel like you can be anything less than anything, any, you know, all of these well, high it's very achievers. Much that keeping up with the Joneses. Like, yes. if they get this, then now I gotta go get this. Right. You know, whether it's an award or a car or... It was like when you got your bachelor's degree, like, oh, okay, well, when are you gonna start your master's yeah. program? And, yeah. you know, it just was like an automatic, you know, thing. And, and it was just assumed that yeah. you were gonna follow yep. suit. Yeah. Yeah. And so Capricorn is a very hard energy sometimes. Yeah. I, 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 it's ruled by Saturn, the taskmaster. Yes. You know what I mean? So... Yes. So very much um, Capricorn wants prestige, um, but I think sometimes it can come at the cost. You know, we like I said, we learned in Sagittarius, who am I really? And so we start by thinking, well, I am what I have. I am what I own. I am who mm. I can keep up with, right? Mm. And so we want, we build those structures, right? You know, because we think that's what we're supposed to do. And I think this Pluto, that the time that it's been in Capricorn for all of us, wherever this falls in our chart, has shown us that those structures are are just no longer working. Mm, that's right? true. And, and, and collectively as well, because Pluto's more of a generational thing than right. an individual. And I would just say, you know, we're starting to recognize that overachieving and, you know, all of these things that come with so much pressure, it, it's not even the point of life. Right. Who cares if you have a master's degree? Do you know that's what right. I mean? Um, it, it, it doesn't make you any better or less worthy. I was taught it makes me better than other people. Right. Which is, which is a struggle for you. And then, and it makes sense that it's in your 10th house because mm -hmm. yes, it makes you better because you can put yourself out here as prestigious yes. and other people can see you that way. Who cares about how you really feel inside and what you right. got going on behind closed doors? Right. Because it only matters what people see. That's right. You know, that's why I always use that quote too. This is a quote that really, and I know it sounds so simple, but quotes changed my life. As I've said before. And it said, quit judging uh, other people, your behind the scenes, by other people's highlight reels. Mm, yeah, that's exactly Because people true. are not putting out there what they're going through most no, of the time. They're putting so out there their best moments. And then yep. you're comparing that to something that happened behind closed doors that nobody knows about. Yes. So you don't know what goes behind their closed doors. That's right. Do you know what I mean? That's so, right. So, I mean, you have to think the opposite of Capricorn is cancer, which mm -hmm. is all of our closed doors. Our skeletons. <laughs> yeah, all in the, the skeletons. All the skeletons. So. And I think there's something to be said for that opposition, too, whereas, whereas cancer is all of those skeletons, and Capricorn's saying, don't look. Yeah. Right? Look at this instead. Look at what I've achieved. Look yes. at what I've Look done. At, Look I'm at what still I've... balancing on the side of the hill here because I'm the goat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very much so. So... I think in Capricorn, we really need to review what prestige is and, and understand yes. that people, just because they come from prestige or privilege or whatever, um, it doesn't it doesn't mean they, they don't have struggles and they don't have trauma. It's right. A, it may be a different type of trauma, but it's trauma. Yes. Do you know? And so there's stuff that people that don't have that have to go through and there's stuff that people We're that do have to, to go heal, through. We're all here to heal, y'all. That's it. Uh, like, we're all here to get stop closer comparing, to right? <laughs> Yeah, It's not, you know, just, like I said, just yeah. because someone has, has that prestige, you have no idea what that's done to them. The, toll the prestige is so hard because it's just like a, it's an, an unending, it's like a cup that will never fill, you know? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. As much you can do as much as you want, but there's there's always going to be something more to chase, something more. And I'm not saying like it's a way to like give up your on your goals or anything like that. Just make I sure think, you're doing them from a place of purpose rather than obligation. I th right, and yeah. I think that a lot of times people end up doing what 
is more prestigious rather than what they want to do when they have a lot of Capricorn placements. And mm -hmm. I know that's to be true for myself. You know, had I done it, you know, knowing what I know now in my um, old age, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I would say I would not have studied business in school. I yeah. probably would have just studied music or something like, or gone <clears throat> yeah. and gone done more with my singing or, you know, something like that, something I really loved and was passionate about instead of what I thought that people wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. And um, it's so ingrained. Yeah. The Capricorn is very, it's, it's not even like you realize you're doing it some of the time. Like you feel the pressure and everything, but unless you're really, obviously like we are self-aware and doing the work, you don't even recognize. You're just doing it because you think, well, this is the next thing I'm meant to do. Right. It's so ingrained in you if you have a lot of Capricorn. That's right. You know, so... So yeah, it's just, you know, <clears throat> the prestige of how other people see you over feeling authentic and yes. being happy with what you're doing. Right. Um, and so this Pluto in Capricorn, you know, we talked about Gen Z mm. um, and the video you watched, remember? Yeah. And the lady saying, you know, this guy's complaining, you said, about um, Gen Z not wanting to work. And she's like, well, we did that for years. We went in early. We stayed late, you know, yeah, for companies we got that a, gave and we us And we got a meets expectations. <laughs> you know? We did um, all the extra, and it was still just meets expectations. Yeah, and so really, I think that lesson of Pluto and Capricorn is, you know, this is not the road you think it is. The prestige mm. and the, you know, look at, like, Congress. Like, Capricorn represents government structures, and look at, like, that's not the road they thought it was going to be. There are some old goats here. in there, Yeah, though. there really is. <laughs> And so, yeah, so we, you know, Aries was this spark of, hey, I'm alive. And Taurus is like, okay, well, then let's gather some resources to ensure we're safe and stable. And then Gemini's like, well, other people exist and they have two faces. So we have to gather some information. <laughs> um, and then, of course, maybe at that point we're learning where to fit in and, and, you know, trying to feel safe and secure with the tribe. And then we get to Cancer <clears throat> where it's like, hey, maybe we should take care of one another. And then letting us know that nurturing, you know, ours and other people's emotions can be a beautiful thing. Um, but because <clears throat> we're not quite evolved yet when we get to cancer, like I said, there's those skeletons. Yes. You know, and so then Leo comes along and says, well, how about we try living from the heart with some authenticity and just be a little courageous, you know? Yeah. Uh, push through our fear and no longer apologize for taking up space. Um, and then in comes Virgo, you know, okay, well, how can I use this to be of service to the world? What is the plan to achieve yes. this wholehearted living, you know? Um and then, of course, learning to handle constructive criticism is part of that. Libra reminds us that life and love are both light and dark, and that real balance and peace is only really found when we demand it, when we mm. stop chasing it or trying to create it in the external world, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that sometimes we have to stop people-pleasing and fitting in and learn to belong deeply to the self. Um, and then Scorpio can transform a grudge into, like, this deep, beautiful healing. Mm. Um and then in Sag, we're saying, who am I really? And then Capricorn says, well, this is who I am, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so look at me now. Look at girl. me now. Um, but it's about making peace with the fact that life is not always easy, but that it's okay to stop and enjoy it along the way, to say no to things that don't feel right for us, even if they were right for generations before us. Right. Um, because the truth is they probably weren't. And the other people before you suffered as much as you did with that pressure and just right. didn't stop. Yeah. You know, so, so that's a big part of it. Um, we can see a lot, as we said here, about what we, where we try to overachieve and where we sabotage ourselves from achieving in some, in some instances, you know. Um, and so look at, you know, for me, just as an example of how this could play out, I have Venus and Capricorn in the sixth house. Mm. 
Okay, so I sabotaged my work life, what I really valued, the ways I could have been a service to the world for relationships. Hmm. You know, that felt like slavery. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So um, I wanted my overachieving was I'm going to be the perfect partner. Mm. Uh, I'm going to do this and this and this because then maybe you'll love me, hmm. you know? So, so that's very Capricorn is, is what are, you don't, it's not even just always about achieving it again. And when it's Venus, it can be a relationship or uh-huh. maybe you're trying to be the perfect artist or do you know what I mean? Right. It's Venus. Um, so going to depend on what you have in Capricorn, but look at the house it's in for you. What's in that house? What is Saturn doing? Um, because knowing those things will help you understand where you're trying to overachieve to compensate for the stuff you won't deal with over here in cancer. (laughs) Deal with your skeletons, people. Do the shadow work. And that brings us to Aquarius. All right. uh, Who is represented by the water bearer. It is a fixed air sign that's also ruled by Saturn and in modern astrology ruled by Uranus. Um, And so this is where we can finally start to accept our own quirks a little bit because we realize everybody has them. Mm. Um, we're often ahead of our time in Aquarius. Uh, we value tradition, but we like to put our own kind of spin on it, maybe like change it up in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we're really learning about tribalism and about, um, who it makes sense to connect with and who it doesn't make sense to connect with, but not in a way where the people it doesn't make sense to connect with are bad. We just, we start to see the value in humanity as a whole, but we're still selective about the actual individuals. Mm. that we want to work with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's very much sometimes um, an energy of the facts. Do not give a shit about your feelings. Right. That's very Aquarius. Um, and we do need that energy from time to time, right? But the world is not, I mean, literally it's not going to cater to you. There's never going to come a time when there's like trigger warnings on everything, you know. Thank God. Yeah, so... <laughs> Basically, Aquarius can see the web that connects us all together as one, and it doesn't want to leave any individuals behind. So we have to be careful that we don't get a savior complex, because Aquarius can be very much a a devil's advocate, wanting to save everybody and everything, Um, Mm. a little bit martyry like Virgo in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, So if Capricorn is the legacy, then Aquarius is the recognition that no legacy is built alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that we should build bigger tables and not longer fences. However, we do need that Leo opposition to remember that it's okay that not everyone considered our table. <laughs> yeah, Aqu- Aquarius, Aquarius are people, Aquarians, um, they can be, they can be a little, it's like they, like you said earlier, you love humanity, but you're just not a big fan of humans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're, you do... Tend, I think Aquarius, Aquarius people do tend to have like big networks of people, but more on a peripheral level. It's like, definitely not a water sign, right? It's right. more of a we connect with people more in an intellectual yes. ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, that projects. Sort of projects. Yeah. Um, Community endeavors. The, yeah. Yeah. For that sure. kind of stuff. Um, and then I would just say, you know, um, like I said, we need the Leo because. Everyone's not, and it's not that they're not worthy of sitting at our table, right? It's just that if they make us feel unworthy in any way, they are not sitting at our table. Mm. Like, self-worth is being served at my table. And right. And if you come in here and try to take that away from me, you're not welcome. That's... And that's very Aquarius, right? It forces mm-hmm. us to look at where we can make progress in our own lives without leaving other people behind, mm-hmm. which is good. You know, we want to collaborate with the right people and embrace diversity, 
but again, you just want to remember that if self, you know, if, if, if you're not getting a mirror back to you of your worthiness mm-hmm. and, and your belief in yourself, then that person's got to go. And it's not that you're intending to leave them behind. You can leave them behind with kindness. I don't give a shit. Just leave them behind. Right. Um, and it can be very detached from feelings, as we talked about. That's why Pisces has to enter the chat next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, kidding. <laughs> so basically, you want to look to where Aquarius is in your chart, what Saturn's doing, what Uranus is doing. Um, that will tell you a lot more. Ultimately, I do believe that Aquarius is one of the emotional intelligence signs. Absolutely. Um, and, the, and so this is about helping us. Aquarius can help us learn how to detach from our emotions in healthy ways. The water bearer, right? Pours yes. out that healing balm. And it's like also, and shares it with the community. Like no matter, like when back in olden times, like that was a very important job um, to go down. Because sometimes you'd have to walk for a long time. And so you would come back and then everybody would gather around you because you had the water and you would share it with people no matter what, whether you liked them or not. Yeah. And that's so. very Aquarius because, and, and here's what it is, I'll tell you, because, and I have a triple Aquarius and this maybe this plays a part in why I understand this because Mercury's there too, but um, other people, whether, even when I don't like them, I can see their worth and value. Absolutely. And I know that whatever they've done to me that made me not like them is not personal. Right. I can detach from that and understand that they still deserve a drink of water. Yes. They still, you know, the whole reason that that person hurt me, like my ex-husband, I could be so bitter and, and everything over the way he treated me and my kids, but I understand that the reason he did that was because of his own pain and suffering that he yes. was afraid to look at. And so all, all people who hurt you are just hurting themselves. I want him to hurt. have healing. I want yeah. him because even if we never the world speak to better. him again, it's going to yeah. make the world better and the people he encounters next yes. better. And Unfortunately, he hasn't, um, I've learned recently, but, but I wish that for him. Yeah. There's no bitterness left, you know? Yeah. And so that's very Aquarius. Um, but like I said, it can help you detach from your feelings, help you kind of process things. People always say that, you know, the head and the heart are, are never in agreement. But as you said earlier, we're not meant to follow our head. No. So you follow your heart, but you bring your mind along so you can check in with yourself and go, am I following my heart from a place of wounding? Yes. Or a place of healing. That's emotional intelligence. You're not avoiding the emotion. You're looking at it and you're going, why do I feel this way? Is this really what I want to do? Is this really how I want to act? And so that bringing that, that mind down to the heart instead well, of trying to take the heart up to the mind and figure stuff out and spinning out. Oh, God, no, yeah, always, (laughs) you can't do that. But, um, I mean, going back to the mind, your your mind is really just for dreaming, and that's really Aquarian, too, is the big dreams, like, what big dreams do you have? Um, And that's really what the mind is. Yeah, that's what the mind is for. The mind is not for figuring things out. The mind is not for figuring things out. The mind is not for figuring things out. It's not. (laughs) It is for, it is for dreaming. It is for... You know, the universe will figure things out. Things what are going to... What a very Mercury and Pisces thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we get so focused on how. How is this going to happen? How is that going to happen? And just, it siphons your energy out so much that it doesn't allow you to be in your full power. And you're giving your power away to other people. You're giving your power away to the future bill that's coming due to the to these this, causes yes. that you can't even really do anything yes, about to you know, politicians to people on twitter mm-hmm. to keep you know you're giving all of that 
away when you could be focusing it back into the moment and and dreaming big and and dreaming about you know and really putting things into place and action from this aligned big dream space and that's you know can be beautiful and that's how Aquarian communities will be born in the Pluto and Aquarius era. Oh absolutely. Is, I mean because Aquarius is going to play a huge another that's going to play a huge role in our lives. It's, it's oh, especially find the next, the next generation. Absolutely. Yeah, so I can't wait to see Pluto and Aquarius babies grow up. Mm. I mean I can because I don't want to rush my life. Right. <laughs> but I'm excited to see what they bring to the table absolutely for sure. Yes. Um I will just say that I did an ode to the Pluto and Scorpio generation the other day, kind of on TikTok, just because they have not had it easy. Mm. Um, but because they refuse to back down, there have been a lot of shifts and transformations and acceptance and tolerance and diversity. And yes. it's been it's been beautiful to watch um, that. So I'm excited to see what Pluto and Aquarius brings. Um, and I will just say, you know, if you can, with they, with it being an air sign, we can get in our thoughts a lot in Aquarius, mm -hmm. right? And like you said, how are we going to figure this? How are we going to figure that? What you need to do, because we all want to make a difference. That's Aquarius. I want to make a difference to humanity. I want to, you know, something like that. It can be very um, self-absorbed in that way. It can get yeah. kind of lost in its yeah. causes. Um, when the really, the best way you can make a difference in the world is to better yourself. Yes, heal yourself. You know, if you can, if you can heal yourself and just follow like you and I doing the podcast and whoever that reaches is going to hear this. And then, do you know what I mean? Like just follow your inner guidance. Like you said, yes. don't bring the house in. Just, you're going to get an intuitive spark. Follow that. Follow how you feel about that. When something goes retrograde, you may have to revise, edit, right. change something. But that's okay. That's called evolution, yes. right? And so. Yeah, evolution is not linear. Yeah, no, not at all. And so. I just feel like, you know, detaching from the how and detaching from the where and how and who. Yes. Is Listen, I just talked about this yesterday, just as an example. So in 2020, I had it in my head that I wanted to own land and I wanted to build a community on that land that's self-sustaining and I wanted part of that land to be like healing centers or mm -hmm. retreats, you know, to help other people. I hadn't, you were not, you and I were not talking like this at that mm -hmm. time. I hadn't gotten with John yet, right? Like none right. of that. I had an, an astrological reading done. It was a two year reading at the time. I think this was in 2021. And she asked me, I hadn't said anything. And she asked me if I had been talking about like land or whatever. And I told her my idea and she said, yeah. She said, I don't see you doing it in the next few years, but you're definitely going to meet people and be talking about it. Hmm. That's so funny. Lo and behold, I run right. into John, and he's a freaking builder, and he's totally on board. And then you and I start talking yeah. more, and you guys are, like, totally on board. And, yeah, you know, here we are. So it's like you have to be able to delay the gratification. This is Saturn ruled, right? Uranus is the spark, the idea, right? But then Saturn goes, okay, but how are you, you know, not focus so much on how, I guess, as much as you're going to have to delay your gratification and let it unfold. Right. Because we want it right now. Yes. And so it's very much about delaying the gratification and just following those intuitive nudges that come. That's it. And if you it's do that... It's going to be a good lesson for people, I yeah. feel. And, and it reveal, your path reveals itself, you know? And it's, we talked about that video just real quick before we move on to the last one. Um, we talked about the video of Jim Carrey that I watched mm -hmm. where he said he was a little boy and he heard that somebody was asking this lady, like, how do you keep getting all these things you want? And she said, well... 
I ask for them. And then I just, I don't know how I'm going to get them. I just believe I am and they show up. And so he said that really stuck with him. And he went home and he, and he said, I asked for a bike. And I really believed I was going to get that bike. I didn't know how I was going to get it. And then two weeks later, I come home and there's a bike. Why? Because one of his friends entered him in some kind of contest and he won it. He didn't even know he had been entered in it. Oh, wow. He said, and I just kind of lived my life that way after that. That's so awesome. You know, so you have to be able to detach from the how. Yes. And the why. And the overthinking. You have yep. to. You have to. Because and your mind will start going and it'll start wanting to protect you um, from hurt and disappointment and bitterness and all of the things that we don't want to experience. And so it will trick you into thinking that it's not going to happen or this or that or there's no way, there's no how. Especially when it comes to like things around money. Like that there's, you know, you, you we get so stuck in this one myopic way of thinking that money only comes to us from our paycheck. Like that's the only way we can get money. <laughs> and we yeah. just close off so many other opportunities. So We do. And, and also there's something to be said when we're talking about Aquarius. Um, and this is just relational. Uh, but I was listening to a TikTok the other day. I wish I could remember who said it. But... It was, a, it was a guy, and he was saying that, you know, we spend so much time, um, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, um, investing in all these people trying to get them to like us or get us to whatever. And then over here, there's people that actually would, that try yeah. to connect with us, that we just totally ignore and avoid. That's so when true. When if we were collaborating with these other people that we avoid, we'd be somewhere by now. That's right. Whether it's, you know, mo mo you know monetarily or just having a relationship. Or, yeah. You know, so there's a, a lot of the card that comes out in the tarot when you watch, like, the love readings or whatever on YouTube. One of the cards that comes out a lot is, you know, your soulmate is not your type. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. I promise you. Like, if you're if you're unhealed or just beginning your healing journey, the person you think is your soulmate, and I don't care if it's a friend, a lover, that is not your soulmate. Right. Like, they're there to teach you something. Right. But if you are with your soulmate, they are reflecting the good things about you back to yourself. That's right. That's it. Like, so, so that, yeah, there's something to be said for that. Pay attention in the Aquarius area of your chart um, where you're trying to build tribes with people who aren't that interested and neglecting people who are actually interested in building with you. Mm. Well, why don't we take our final dive as we wrap up the, the sign archetype episode here with Pisces and back into the collective soup we go <laughs> and Pisces is two fish uh, swimming in yeah. opposite directions right it's mutable water and it's ruled by Jupiter in traditional astrology and Neptune in modern astrology it's very murky mm. um, very illusory um, mm -hmm. we can escape a lot wherever Pisces is in our chart um, but this is the last sign of the zodiac it's the mystical other realms it's it's a sign that I mean Sagittarius can be represented by, like, I would say, it can represent religion by, like, saying, like, a pastor or something like that. Whereas Pisces is more the ethereal connection we feel we have with the divine or with mm. God or, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That personal relationship yes. type thing. It's um, like our, the seat of our spirituality. and Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And so often the dryness that we feel in Aquarius is, like, by the time Pisces come along, we need that. The water. We need the water. We're thirsty. It's so funny because, like, you know, Aquarius is the water bearer as an air sign. Um, and so it is tends to be cold and dry and all that. You know, Saturn ruled, obviously. And so it's cold well, because and dry. Aquarius comes in and, and is very matter-of-fact about, well, this is what makes the most sense for everyone. Mm. It doesn't always stop and consider the individual 
the individuals within that right. hole and, and Pisces how they're feeling. is like I am everyone. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's that's the real. I mean, Pisces is very much you know before we start the cycle over again with Aries, so it's going back into that collective. Um, energy and that wanting, you know, really seeing other people too, I think. Well, yeah, because Aquarius teaches us that everybody matters. And so Pisces comes in and, and it's empathy overload. Yes. You know, well, if everybody matters, my heart is breaking. I got to save them all. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely could be some savior complexes within Piscean energy. And Aquarius too. Virgo yeah. is very much like that. But and the truth is when we focus on the whole at the expense of ourselves, we lose. Yes. And that's, that's why we need Pisces. Because Aquarius can focus so much on the whole and being you know, right and futuristic and creating this like utopian society and it's not considering feelings, its own or anybody else's. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So we need to bring in some some water though. Yeah, we absolutely some emotion do. into it. Yeah. Um, but not overboard because then that's when you start doing drugs. Enabling too is crazy, right? So you know obviously when we're trying to control everyone else's happiness and be the reason for it, yes. life is not gonna go well. Um, especially if it's not reciprocated, mm. um, because we can escape an unhealthy habits instead of leaving those situations. Yes. Um, and that's I've the seen a lot of Pisces. In fact, two that I can think of in my life that have used escape tactics instead of confronting or just escape, you know, actually escaping from the situation, but more just an day to day escape, but rather than actually I can't change the situation, so I'm just going to pretend it doesn't exist. Exactly. When you can change the situation, it just takes courage. It's very much a barrier, head in the sand yeah, kind of energy. Very much so. And I mean, the beauty of Pisces is the empathy that we're capable of. Oh, yeah. Um, which we learn to have, you know, in Pisces, we can also learn to have that for ourselves because we start to recognize that oneness, like you said. Mm -hmm. And so compassion and empathy and all of these things become something we're, we deserve as well. Yes. Um, you know, and so that's the beauty of Pisces, you know. Um, but if the reflection that you have of yourself is not a priority, um, then you're going to keep begging people who are reflecting back to you your level of self-worth, right? You're not going to have any boundaries. You're just going to keep begging and they're not going to do it. So there's these cycles of escaping, whether it's in food or gambling or drugs or mm -hmm. alcohol. Um, I know many Pisces sons. My, my dad was an alcoholic and, and addicted to drugs. Thankfully, he's been clean for years. Mm -hmm. um, but that's very Piscean. Yes. Um, to get so wallowed in their feelings and not know what to do with them that they just numb them out. Yep. You know, because that's the danger of the empathy overload, right? Right. You um, feel too much. It's yeah. just, it becomes too much. What I do love about Pisces as well, and I know it's, it's the final sign of the Zodiac, and, and so we know when we get to Pisces that the sun is going to rise again. Right. Right. We know that because Aries is going to come next, and the sun ex is exalted that's in Aries. Right. right? So... So it's very much, even in the deepest grief, there's this hope, the hope. in Pisces. That the and the knowing, really. Again. Yeah, the knowing. It's not even like the hope. It's like, it's that deep down place that, it's that inner knowing, that faith. And that's really Pisces, too. Yeah. No, it's absolutely about that. You know, it's knowing deep down that this too shall pass. Yes. You know? Um, and we give everything. Um, in Pisces, we can give everything. Um, so much more energy than it, it requires. Mm. Um, not necessarily deserves. I won't say deserves because we all deserve energy poured into us. Um, yeah. But sometimes you're pouring into a leaky bucket. We're talking about a water sign. 
Yes. And you're pouring and you're pouring and it's just leaking out the bottom. And the person's making the holes. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, they're like, not so helping themselves. And they're, they're like, like, they're like, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Ain't that the damn truth. Yep. So, you know, that, that's something to consider there. But um, it's really about, you know, what do you deserve as well? We forget that in Pisces sometimes because we do know, okay, okay, it, it logically makes sense. Aquarius teaches us that everyone deserves to be thought of, right? And then Pisces, we're really connecting with that. We're really like, oh, yeah, yeah. I do deserve this. So, so what do you deserve? Because I promise you, if they wanted to, they would, and you wouldn't even have to ask, hmm. let alone beg. That's and a hard lesson for a lot of people. It's hard, but let me tell you what. I watched this TikTok last night, and I, I followed this woman off of one video. She was talking about, she said, if he wanted to, he would, and mine did. And this is Isaac and John to mm, a T. True. So, so her husband got up at 4.30 in the morning. He drove two hours, commute, worked all day, drove two hours home to find her in the bathroom coming apart because she had to have a difficult conversation with her mother the next day. And he sat down and he said, what you got, Ash? And she told him what was going on. He sat there. He helped her process all of that, mm -hmm. made it safe for her, and said, why don't you go do some self-care? I'm going to worry about dinner. Went to the store, mm. bought dinner, came home and cooked dinner for her and her kids. Mm. If he wanted to... He would. That's right. I'm just saying. And he that's never made so her feel right. bad about it. And she's been with him for years, and that's just who he is. That's who my husband is, That's too. who John is. So, again, that's a very Pisces. And it doesn't mean that you can't have empathy and understanding for the people who don't. Because right. it's not about you, why they don't. It's about themselves and, and their inability to to put the energy into themselves so that they can have that connection with you. They probably desperately want that connection with you. Yeah. Um, but it's not your job to stick around and cater to their shadow. No. Um, they have to accept it. It don't matter how much you accept it. <laughs> you, can't, you cannot save everyone. Yeah. Especially yeah. those who just don't want to be saved. Yeah. And so basically Pisces is inviting us to embrace the oneness we have with ourselves and others. Um, and remember that nothing is as personal as it feels. So empathy is always best. I just want to say that. In every situation, I, I strive to be empathetic. Even if it's really hard for me and I want to be petty or I want to fall into that very, you know, past version of myself who's always mm -hmm. a victim, you know, because Pisces and Virgo is that victim access as well. I want to I want to have empathy instead. But empathy can very quickly turn into enabling. Mm. Um, and that is going to bring in balance. Because when you enable someone else, you think, well, I love them, so I'm going to keep picking up their pieces, and I'm going to give them money for their drugs, and I'm going to, you know, right. whatever the case may be, you're not loving them and you're not doing them any favors. You're doing it to basically soothe your own guilt about the situation because it's not helping them. You're teaching yeah. them it's okay to do all these things to hurt somebody and that person is still going to be there. That's right. That's not a good lesson for them to learn. I think some of it is even done in, as a method to escape any pain. or You know what I mean? Like people will, and Pisces will enable to avoid other difficult things mm -hmm. or other, you know, difficult conversations, painful things, um, you know, yeah, so I, I've seen that personally. You know, with the fish, because we talk a lot about the water signs representing emotional intelligence, and with the fish, both swimming in opposite directions, I feel like it's, it's the message that we are each responsible for our own emotions. Mm. They're swimming in, uh, they're both fish, like you right. and I are both human beings. But I am not responsible for your emotions, and you are not responsible for mine. Now, that doesn't mean that somebody gets to hurt you. Right. 
And then you say, well, you hurt me. And then you can say, well, your feelings are your responsibility. Yeah, okay. it doesn't That's give you a license to be an asshole. It doesn't give people, yeah, it doesn't give a people the license to be an asshole to you just because you take accountability for how you feel. Right. Um, but you do need to be responsible for your own emotions. And sometimes that looks like if somebody does take advantage of you or hurt you, cutting them out of your life. That's right. the responsibility you take. Um, because I don't deserve that kind of treatment and I'm not going to tolerate that kind of treatment. So you are in charge, basically. It doesn't mean let somebody right. <laughs> walk all over you and never speak up for yourself. I just want to put that out there. Um, but until we ta- stop trying to hold other people accountable um, or make them accountable for how we feel, uh, we're going to stay stuck in toxic mm. cycles in that soup, you know, yeah. that that's them cycles in that soup. And so Pisces, uh, like I said, can also represent religion, which I feel is another way that we project accountability onto others. So we don't have to deal with guilt and shame. Oh, oh, oh. So I don't think we have time in this episode to get into that. <laughs> no, but it's just something to consider because religion, yeah. I feel like most religions basically teach you that you're unworthy. Yep. And somebody else had to come and be perfect in your place and die mm-hmm. so that you could even be saved. Not not even worthy, because you're still not worthy and you you'll gotta never beg worthy, and worship really. and <laughs> you know. It's just another way to not look at yourself and to not mm-hmm. do the work, in my opinion. It's it's still escaping. You're escaping by saying, Jesus did it for you. You don't have to do it. That's right. Do you know? So just something to ponder, I suppose, mm-hmm. with Pisces. Alrighty. Well, this got to be a little bit of a long episode, but we think it is great um, to get all of the foundational um, zodiacal archetypes covered. And we hope that you will join us for our next episode as we dive deeper um, into astrology um, um, at its foundation. And we will see you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Projector Planet Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. This will guarantee you stay up to date on what next week's energy will bring. If you feel called to leave us a review to help the podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks again, and we will see you next week for more astrological and human design forecasts.